Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 138 of the Cantina Mekis podcast. It is Thursday, May 31st. We are exactly two weeks away from starting the World Cup. It's a World Cup summer. The best kinds of summers are World Cup summers, as we all know. And we've got one coming up in a couple of weeks with the first game that I think everyone is just going to be dying to see. What a great way to kick off the World Cup. Russia, Saudi Arabia. Let's all uh, tune in for that. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we have a lot to get to tonight. It was uh, what was going to be kind of like a what I would call a slow news day podcast. Well, that changed dramatically over the past couple hours. So we have a lot to talk about. In particular, uh, the Chivas, uh, whatever you want to call it, debacle, debacle, I guess, uh, cluster. I think, I think the German word might be klausterfuken, but we will talk about that here in a little bit uh, with our panel. And uh, the person you just heard laughing there is in Orange County, California, joining us. Joel Aceves joins us. How are you, Joel? Pretty good, John. I'm, I'm doing pretty good, despite the, the news. Yeah. Were you uh, were you taken by... Honestly, I, I just in hearing... Your personal history with Chivas and, and knowing a little bit about the history of the team, I don't think that any anything like this could ever shock you anymore at this point. I mean, you're so no, desensitized sir. to it. They could cut on Meda's head off and blood would be spraying all over you. Yeah, and you'd I, be like, this is like Tuesday for a Chivas fan. Yeah. No, I was I'm, – I'm not as shocked. When I was shocked was when uh, when Chepo was sacked because Almeida arrives and Chepo's conducting uh, his midweek practice. Right, and and this guy, you know, there's reports that he he's arriving with his coaching staff and suitcases, enough suitcases for five suitcases full of clothes each. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, when and I remember hearing that, and I was like, no, no, I I, I didn't want to believe it, John. And uh, so now this this no, it wasn't surprising Almeida being sacked or pushed pushed out just because it was. I saw it coming. The cards were in the table, John. And what, 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 did, what did the cards say? Who, what, who was? Uh... It, it, it was uh, any minute now. I mean, I, I think the fact that Almeida kept winning, like Copa MX or, or Conca, uh, Conca Champions, I think that was prolonging him, you know, from from just being outright sacked earlier. But the the relationship with with Jose Luis Higuera, who is uh, the CEO, he's the guy that brought him in. That had fallen apart way back, you know. Well, I, it I fell apart because uh, Iguera was doing to uh, what Almeida what what he'd done to Chepo as far as uh, wooing other coaches. So I'm sure that you know Almeida was was take was 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 uh, you know didn't, didn't take too kindly to such. Such acts, you know, such public, very public act. Did he take a picture with Gaishinia when he was in uh, in Scotland? Yeah, and, and he posted went, it on his Twitter. Yeah, and by that point, you know, it things had turned toxic already. Uh, at that point, uh, they weren't even talking to each other. The relationship wasn't there anymore. And, so, do you think that 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 I made at that point? We have to call uh, Jorge and Georgie and say, "Oye, Jorge." Le dices a Higuera que... Well, that's the thing. Pa, 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 pa. Yeah, well, that was the thing, too, because Vergara hasn't really been much in the picture. He's 
he's been handing over the reins to his son. So, so maybe some of you guys have seen pictures where the dirigentes are there, and he's, he's a really tall guy, shaggy hair. Right. Uh, and that's his son, Amaury, and he's the one that was – he was one of the dudes that was in charge of Chivas TV, and he's been working really close with with Higuera, and, and I think that's his hope that he takes over the club. That Amaury just this, will hand the, over this the, is the guy. This is the guy they want to take over the club, this guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's teaching him the ropes. And, and yeah, Amaury's been – you know, he's basically with, with – with Higuera all the time, and they, they even one of the last uh, FMF meetings where the owners, it was both of them that showed up, Higuera and Amaury. So would he be a, a mini Guerra? I don't, you know, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say what what he will be. You know, I don't know well, yet. Well, well, before we get into more details, Hobie, we should. Uh, I don't want to, you know, monopolize the, the entire. Conversation with Chivas without bringing in uh, our, our other panels who's joined us uh, over in uh, in Kyle, Texas. Going to teach us a little bit about judo and jujitsu tonight in regard to Sergio Ramos. Joining us is Albert del Chiquiscampa. Albert, how are you, sir? Hey, doing good. How's it going? Glad to have you on. Glad to have you on. Uh, Albert, uh, were you? Now, Jorge says that he was not surprised at all about the news. The signs were all there. Cohen was shorting Chivas because of this. Were, were you surprised at all, Albert, as a, as, a, as a casual, neutral observer of all things Chivas, as I am? Uh, I don't know. I was just following it from Almeida's point of view, and so I wasn't a little bit surprised. I thought he was really he had a lot, he talked a lot of, he made a lot of faith in the new. Love the team, love the players. As you were saying, we just went ahead. And... Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was sort of. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he was sort. Of, it seemed like he was sort of pushed out. He he he. It seemed like he loved the team. He supported the players and everything. And uh, so, if, to me, looking at it from his perspective, it was a surprise. Well, you know, to a to a man, the, the players have have come out publicly, which is one of the, I suppose, benefits of of, of social media, and have and have posted their their outright support for uh, for their coach. And, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, at least from what I was able to gather and, and doing a little recon before we came on the show, is that, a, you know, uh, the fact that uh, that Almeida was, was persuading the players to speak up publicly about the fact that they hadn't getting paid and hadn't getting their bonus evidently did not sit well with the, uh, with the front office either. So there's, uh, you know, it's, I understand making a change and that's fine and I get that. But you make a change at the end of the season so that the new guy can come in and start preparing for the next season. You know, the the, the Chivas preseason starts next week. And in fact they 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 brought it up a week, which is a apparently another thing that the front office did to the players. You know, some guys are out of the country, some guys are off the continent altogether. 
and uh, they were expected to start the uh, second week of June. Now, now they're they're expected to start the first week of June, and it's uh, you know, Chivas is uh, you know, once again a, a self-inflicted mess, and it seems like uh, and and we'll bring we'll bring Joel back here, and, and I didn't mean to mute you, Joel, but uh, you're uh, you were getting your uh, your blenders going there. So we heard. Uh, I know you're making all your licuados, your healthy licuados for us. But uh, Joel, I mean, I, I look at a team like Chivas and go, you know, how on earth could they, you know, be so dysfunctional? But the reality is, is that for the better part of, we I mean, at least twenty twenty five years, Chivas has always been dysfunctional. Yes, it's been a real lack of professionalism from the club, just the way it's been managed. So mismanaged for a very long time where they you know it they they never have any seldom they all say they have like long term projects and it and it's not just the the vergara era i mean it was it was before vergara it was before before you know pre pre vergara i mean this is something that that has you know this this is not a a, a recent trend i mean it's just yeah when when i started following when I started following Chihuahua, the club didn't have money. I mean, they were they were going bankrupt. That's when you, you had La Promotora. You know, they rented out the club to, uh, you know. What, they rented out the club like like you could rent a car? Pretty much, man. Like, they leased like it for the 10 years. <laughs> you go to the airport and you see Hertz, you see Avis, you see Dollar, you see Chivas. It was in a 10-year lease. Chivas booth. Yeah, ten year lease, and you would think, okay, you have ten years to to get your finances in order, and it didn't get to ten years; it got to nine, and then, you know, the majority of the socios sold their stock. Right. I mean, how bad are things that you're you're selling? You rather sell your stock in a team. And I'm sure that socios like that had probably had the stock for. Oh yes, yeah, Emily. Yeah, they, they, generation. They, yeah, it was inherited for most people. Um, people that still hold it, I'm pretty sure, is the De La Torres. But that's another story, John. So is it true that uh, Almeida play, paid the bonuses? No, I mean, they didn't. Supposedly, they, they paid him off, but they hadn't given him. Wait, you mean to the players? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make them. sense. Why, why would he pay them? Well, they weren't. Someone else was paying them. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they have just enough money as him, you know. Okay, I saw that. I saw that on the on the Twitters or someplace, and I was like, "What?" Almeida paid the players their bonuses just to be, you know, a good coach. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that I mean, well, it's just. You know, Chicas and I were talking before we got on the air about about you know Chivas and you know just because of of who they are and with their tradition and then their personnel decisions and then how they build their team. It seems like the last thing they want to be is one of those teams that you know that goes through you know goes through coaches like like when you open a cereal variety pack when you're a kid, have the little boxes. You didn't just oh I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna take this, I'm take this one. I mean, there's just there's no stability. There's there 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 isn't anything. And because of the fact that they that the, that their player pool is so limited, do you think that they'd want to have maximum control over trying to get that worked out to their advantage? And it just it just it it, it hasn't been like that. And uh, 
it, it makes no sense. Now, I know that Almeida isn't like a god, but he had been there for for a few years, won some trophies with them. But over the past 40, 40 games, the, uh, Chivas only won nine of them. So that's you're, you're, you're batting 250 at that point as far as wins. That's not uh, a particular – these are league games, of course. That is not a particularly good record to have over, over your last 40 games where you only win nine. I'm not sure how many he tied, but uh, you're going to have a hard time uh, getting anywhere because of that. So I think as Hoed pointed out, the fact that that he kept winning something was helping his – Helping his cause, and even after after the Conca Champions, then uh, I guess that wasn't enough. But obviously, something happened within the past couple of days because, again, you, I mean, these are decisions that you don't make, uh, you know, in, in in the middle of getting ready for next season. So there was obviously, I guess, you know, the rupture finally uh, was, uh, or the bandage wasn't wasn't good enough to take care of the rupture, unfortunately. And now, and now, Chivas fans. Did did you say Chiquis that Chivas that you saw some Chivas fans are not going to start uh, rooting for MLS uh, uh, sides because they they can't deal with Chivas anymore? Yeah, I think uh, I think Stray Goat changed his name to the MLS Goat. Wow! <laughs> I saw uh, players. Uh, Luisa was like calling players to root for Leon. Uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Well, you know, if uh, you know the, the 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 Chivas fans that are listening, I mean, they can certainly. It's too bad that that, that Chivas USA isn't around anymore because this would be the perfect song for Chivas USA. Outstanding. Well, we do want to uh, welcome in our the fourth member of our panel tonight. Uh, Daniel Preciado joins us from Escondido. Daniel, as 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 a as a casual non uh, neutral observer of Chivas, but yet a a uh, someone who enjoys the Schadenfreude uh, more so of, of Chivas misery than, than than any of us. What uh, I do. What goes, what, what goes through the mind of a of a of a? I'm not going to call you a, a Chivas troll, but someone who likes to to get their goat, so to speak. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's disappointing for them. Um, it looks like they're going to probably more than likely be a shell of themselves come December. And um, I don't know. It doesn't look promising, uh, both um, in the short term and long term. Luckily for them, they're suspending um, relegation, so they get to play um, with a limited squad and not worry about being relegated. So, I mean, bright side. That's uh, th- th- those are some very valid points. And again, you bring up the, the Club World Cup. It seems to me that if if there was a rupture, you know, you know, maybe, maybe the you know they have a professional conversation and they, and they say, hey, you know what? Look, we got the Club World Cup, so just stay this last, you know, the, 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 this last Club We'll go to the Club World Cup. You can end it there, you know, and let's just just try and you know make the most out of that. But now they're going to have to. They're scrambling to get a coach. I did hear the, the name Busetich, but I, but I just don't see. Joel, how on earth Vucetich could even possibly coach Chivas after what uh, Vergara did to, did, did to him in the national team? So I think that that's uh, yeah. He the, he already turned them down in the past. That's when they had um the other GM. I forget his name right now. He used to be at Monterrey. 
and then he, he used to be at Querétaro. He, he oh, came from uh, Querétaro. Ordiales. Yes, Jaime Ordiales. So that was a big reason uh, Chivas had brought in Ordiales, and uh, it was in hopes that he could he could lure in Buse, but Buse still Buse blames Vergara. He says that's the big reason he got sacked from right. the national team after the Costa Rica match. That Vergara was one of the yeah. one you know one of the owners that was because pushed, because Buse was whispered in Chicharito's ear, you know, with on this ball. <laughs> Three yards away from goal. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I've always thought that that's gonna be that's just not gonna happen. So, so does that mean that uh, that that uh, Joel? Say time heals wounds, John. Who knows? Honest, uh, <laughs> honest question. Give me an honest answer. Did uh, did Huero Real's phone ring tonight? No, Huero uh, no? Real is part of the the De La Torre clan, and. One of the dudes running the show at Chivas is Higuera. He wants nothing to do with some of that people. So and plus, he's working at Toluca doing what he does best, which is work with youth. And I think that's that's why he gets a lot of uh, flack. Real gets attacked a lot. <laughs> uh, his team as coach hasn't been the best. He did lead the team to a Copa Libertadores final. But he, even that, even even that, uh, even that run was very shaky. So as coach, he's, he's never been good. But as youth development, his track record is second to none as far as Mexican youth development goes. So if, if that's the case, then you know, knowing that that, that Chivas is, is is yeah, at least for now, having to rely on 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 on, on the player pool that they have which is very limited you know it's limited to the you know the borders of the country and other special situations we'll just call that but you know they want to field a team of, of mexican nationals if that was the case then you know wouldn't they want to make their 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 youth system you know from little kids up to the up to the you know the reserve squad as uh what's the word i'm looking for as as harvestable, I guess, as as possible, you know, you know, to to where they they have a, you know, they can con- somewhat control their own player pool, so to speak, and then then bring in a coach that's going to be there for a while, so they can, so that you know, every level money, of every team is going to be playing at a certain. The, the money's in there, John, and, and and even like what was it, maybe two years, about a year, two years ago, the team, uh, the club had been releasing, they had released a lot of staff. They released their nutritionist. They released uh, their doctor, which was uh, Ortega. He's highly regarded, considered one of the best in Mexico for sports. Uh, and, you know, he was on call and they let him go. Uh, so they just hasn't been money for that. And I, I think just all the bad decisions, like like how you start a project with, with the Cruyff Institute and they bring in like 10 coaches and then you don't even see it through, and then you know you still have to pay them off. Right. I mean, that to me wasn't necessarily a bad decision. It just, it just, it was a decision that was never going to pay off because. Yeah, but see, you hire other staff. Now you're hiring two sets of staff. No, <laughs> I understand that. What I'm saying is, it, it wasn't just that. I mean, it just, you know, you know, you know, for 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 people that want results immediately, that you know, the vision, bringing a guy in like that, and and, and what he wanted to do was going to take. What ten years? That that just was never gonna. 
that was never going to fly. That was never going to fly with, with, with Vergara, unfortunately. But, you know, the, 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 and now the fact, you know, the, that they probably didn't have the money to pay for it probably was another, you know, indicator that it wasn't necessarily going to last particularly yeah, long. Even with Almeida, he has about a year or maybe two years left of, and that's, you know, they have to pay him. They have to pay him. They're going to have sending him his checks. Well, you know what we need to do then? We need, we need, we need to ban the, all the Catinos, especially the Chivas. The Chivas Manos have to pay, have to pay double. You know, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll get a, you know, a bigger stake because you are Chivas Manos and, and we buy the team. We take it over. And, and you know what, John, even, even, um, when the De La Torres had returned because, uh, Vergara was desperate at that point. He was so and, desperate. He wanted to bring the De La Torres back. Well, I mean, that's the last time the team had had consistency and success. Uh, so yeah, he, he wanted to go back to what had worked. Um, and they had signed all these contracts. And, and, and who, who fired this, the De La Torres? It was Higuera. He said, and you know, both of them still had about two years left. I, so I, how I, much I, of that is just, is just, it's just like bad blood, you know, just by, from living in Guadalajara? No, I, I think it was because they 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 they, uh, they didn't acknowledge him. So Higuera is the CEO of Only Life, but then he's he's starting to like he always wanted to be in in soccer. He always wanted to be involved and own a club. Uh, so then he's he's sending these emails to to Nestor and to and to Chepo and telling them I think you should move this player here or this player needs to be traded. He. He was he was even he even made a few deals during the during the draft Mercado de Piernas. So it's kind of funny seeing it because uh, medio tiempo, you know, they do like a live feed of of the transfers. Right. And you saw a couple of Chihuahuas, like Fierro was was the main one. He's like, oh, he's been sold or loaned to Querétaro. And then like an hour later, no, no, he's he's staying at Chihuahuas. And that was Nestor, you know, picking up the phone and being like, hey, I. I didn't, you know, I didn't sign on this. Send them back, and, and that was part of it, you know. That's, that's, that was, I think, the main thing where yet I was like, well, you know what? I'm getting rid of both of you guys. And now he's gotten rid of the coach that he brought in. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and, and I want to make a because uh, he did. He, he's, he. What he did was was what, you know. What opened the doors for Almeida, and then Almeida did come in in a, I would say, unprofessional way. It's like the unspoken coaching stuff, uh, unspoken co- coaches rule. You you don't sign on to a team while coach is still working. Right. Even Sampaoli said it because they tried to hire him. He he threw he got under the bus there. Um and and but but if we saw one thing was that a lot of times uh. Almeida mostly gave credit to Vergara. He he rarely he rarely spoke highly of Higuera. So I think that was another of, of their falling out. So once again, Chivas fans are going to have to, you know, just just when they started, you know, buying a bunch of players and they got a good, you know, they got this this fancy coach with this fancy hair, and you know they had a couple. They had a real good run. I mean, I, I've seen Chivas fans call Almeida the best coach in, in Chivas history. They're they're young fans, John. They don't forgive them for they they don't know what they speak of. Yeah, <laughs> youth youth is wasted on the young. 
It is. I mean, again, it, it's the whole winning Copa MX, and, and it's great to win that tournament, but that's a tournament where some of the top teams, some of the top Mexican teams weren't playing, right. where they weren't taking it serious. And then we went CONCACAF, which is what we played like, what, four games, maybe five? It was six. Against, Come on, it was six. Against some teams that are like... No, I think it was eight. I think it was eight eight games, actually. Yeah, but not, nothing to dial at home about, you know, and... and, and so to make it seem like all of a sudden Chivas is world beaters, you know, where it matter where, where it matters, I say it's it's in the league and you were saying the record, it's pretty bad. Almeida's record in league has never been that good. Okay, so that, is this setting up uh, a prime opportunity for Almeida to take the national team? I don't know, man. Six months is a long time. I mean I heard they're not hiring anyone until like January. So that means that Guero Real is definitely coming. <laughs> that means Piojo has another shot at it. There's a game in November on a friendly. Yeah, but they'll 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 truck out like Bora to coach that as a, as a you know they have they have games in 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 October too, if I'm not mistaken, because they're playing in a they're playing in Houston. Before they play the U.S. in uh, in Nashville, it just seems like the uh, you know for Chivas fans, I you know again it's uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, I think you know for Chivas fans, especially as Hoyt said, some of the uh, the younger, newer flock. Uh, uh, the, the message here from from our from our resident, our, our senior Chiva hermano, is it's this this is normal, so get used to it. Is that is that correct, Hoyt? I'm sorry. Can you repeat it? I had a little incident. Oh yes. Did I you lost, uh, did, did you spill your shimei, Hoel? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep it. Uh, no, no. Keep it on the DL. No, the question, you know, for for for, for the young uh, young Chivas fan listener right now, that's that that's hoping that you would, uh, you know, you know, you know, talk him down from the ledge. Is is, is the message here, boys? This, this, this is Chivas. Get used to it. It is. And uh, you said it before that there's a, the 10 year Chiva comet. That's, that's pretty much after the Campionissimo era. That's been the wait between Campionatos. It's one every 10 years. And, and, and it's the way the team is going. It doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I, li- I like to think of it as a one in 20. One in twenty, <laughs> but, but it could be. But <laughs> Sorry. It, it, one in ten. It, it could be one in twenty now. But I mean, there's no money. I, I, as much as like, it, it sucks to see that coach go. Um, it makes sense for some, you know, in, in, it makes sense to to release him because I don't think he was on board with the project, and the project being to work with youth. Uh, they, had, um, they had been announcing it like we don't have money. We're, we're going to start promoting the cantera and. and uh, are they actually shelling out to get rid of them now? Yeah, they 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 had to pay him off. Like come to an agreement. So it's to, not like, really a release. It's more like oh, they fired his ass. They fired him, yeah. and they're paying out a, a paying they're, out. They're buying out his contract. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, 
last year, I mean, last year, last season, Chivas got two young players from Santos. You know, some foreshadowing there. They were talking about this is the route we're going. And and uh, I think, what was it, Ronald? And I forget the other guy. He's uh, a midfielder. Gael Sandoval. Yes. And I don't, he didn't really play them that much. You know, he has a couple other young players. He wasn't really playing them. And it's like, that's where the team is going. And, and Almeida just wanted, you know, he was expecting, uh, he was expecting the Chivas where the club was, you know, dropping, dropping money to bring in, to bring in the, the more promising top players that, that just wasn't going to happen. So, so once again, what we're going to see at the Club World Cup is going to be a team that's, that's decimated from the one that that had, you know, for the for the reason as to why they got to the Club World Cup in the first place. So you're going to see, you know, Chivas with, you know, at this point it's going to be a coach from the Monton. It's going to be who you know, you know, pick somebody, Raúl Arias. You know, is uh, is uh, is uh, Ruben Omar Romano available? Because you know, <laughs> well, it's in December, John. I mean, we got. I was going to suggest. Uh... El Travieso, man, because I'm still a fan. Yeah? I don't know if he's had much um, His experience working with, with kids. You know who also is a fan of Travieso is John. Me? Yes, of Travieso Guzman. He, oh, yeah, he gave absolutely. him a really good memory at, at the Olimpico. Hugo was on the other side. Hey, I got Rigo on the line, on the phone lines. His app was crashing. Oh, Rigo's with us. Oh, I was hoping that. Uh... Yeah, what's up, guys? What's going on, Rigo? You, you, are you are you okay? Have you uh, did you have to put the sharp objects away, Rigo? It's been a it's been a very uh, it's been a very emotional day. Rigo, what's going to happen to you oh. if, if 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 they sell if they sell la trophies? <sighs> Hermano Red Bull. What's happen? Because I felt like la trophies was Almeida's, you know, project. And, you know, another coach might not, you know, put up with him. He's over there in the hot tubs with naked chicks. Uh, which, but is, isn't that part of the, of, of the trophy's charm, though? I'm trying to figure out where, where, I mean, where, where that's wrong. You were yeah. in a hot tub with trophies. Wouldn't you be shirtless? I would. I mean, who honestly uh, wears a shirt into the hot tub? Yeah. Makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, no, I'm gonna be upset if, if trophies. Do that. I'm seeing. I mean, I I don't know. Like, it hasn't been like like official officially yet. I mean, I'm hoping that everything the players are doing is gonna make La Directiva, you know, leave him on for at least to the Club World Cup. Well, well, I thought that uh, that Almeida, even on even on his own on his own personal uh, account, said, "Hey, thank you. I'm uh, I'm out of here." It's been great. It's been fun. He's going to release a statement later on about what's going on. But he said, he's like, thank you for all the support. It wasn't like, uh, hey, I'm you know officially no longer the coach. It's not a, I'm out, bitches. Y'all have fun. Yeah. I think it was more so like, I'm going to clear things up or I'm going to, I don't know. I mean, the writing was on the wall the moment they hired the Anda. I just thought they would at least let him coach to the Club World Cup. I mean, he, he, he had done everything he had done to that point. He deserved that at least. 
do we know what promoter uh, the end is in bed with? Because you know he's in bed with one of them. Or... I think he's in bed with Igera. To me, Igera is the, is the root of, 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 the, of the problems. I just think that he, when Almeida had, you know, he was the, the, the sporting director. I think he felt that he had too much control. Um, and I don't think he liked that. I think they want a coach that they can control. And I think Almeida had gotten too big for them because of his success. He was too good, and they had too much success. Yeah. Boys, our coach is getting too good. He's winning too many things. We need to control him. So let's fire him. I mean, like, uh, who I was talking about, the uh, Ronaldo acquisition, I've heard that Almeida didn't want Ronaldo. Almeida didn't want Ronaldo, and he didn't want to get rid of... And, of course, you're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Yeah, Cristiano. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was that was all forced on him. And I think it was Igueta trying to impose his, you know, his will. I mean, and that's, that's the issue when you have your GM or, you know, finance director or whatever. It's not on the same page as the coach. Rigo, Rigo, but that he get Almeida knew because he signed on to that. So I mean, he knew what was he up against, and I think from from day one, Higuera would always bring the players that he wanted, not the players Almeida wanted. So so that was like one thing that it's it's sort of like that was the deal he got and he took it. Yeah, but I mean, it gets to the point where you're you're not winning because of you don't have enough talent, then that, there's the issue. So if Igueras bringing in, because, I mean, the other day when Deanda was on Fugo Picante, he threw some, he was throwing some, some subs at, at, at Iguera about Willy Peña spending $8 million on, on, a, on a player that, that doesn't, that wasn't worth it. So, I mean. That I, cried. That cried that, it was, when, when he left. Well, I mean, I, you know what he was a national team caliber player he was a team's leading goal scorer that first tournament he played with Chivas yeah, but there was like, it was like five of those goals were by PK come on still <laughs> man he was still putting them in uh, you, you could tell that he could not keep up with the pace of the team he slowed the team down yeah he's and that, I mean, that missed PK in, against America in the playoffs was just like the, the, the nail in the coffin for him in Chiba, or with Almeida at least. Yeah, he, well, he was partying a lot, so they said that Almeida was just fed up with, with um, he will show up drunk to, uh, to the training, which is what got him kicked out of Cruz Azul, where I don't know if it was before or after one of the training sessions. He went for, you know, he went for a six. And, uh, that, you know, they showed him the door, man. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah. he's like my friend Slink Cascarita. <laughs> and I mean, if you're, if you're the coach and they, and you ask for certain players and they don't bring them and they bring other players that you didn't even ask for, I mean, that's frustrating, but I still think Almeida wanted to stay. Now, the whole other thing with there's rumors that he hasn't gotten paid for his bonuses. He's paying for the players' bonuses out of his pocket. 
I mean, it's all other. I do think he will get paid though, because I mean, I I do think the league. I mean, if if he's getting fired, he's getting paid, right? Yeah, he will get paid. Um, ultimately, they do, they they do have to pay you. That there's one thing that the league does has ensured. You might get paid late, but you're gonna get your money. But I I think part of the reason he he stayed longer is they were giving him a lot of money. And then other clubs couldn't afford they, they couldn't buy out his contract or couldn't pay him what what she was was paying him. Maybe that's part of the reason uh, why they're having financial issues because they were shelling out Boku bucks for him the the reported transfer fees that were supposedly uh, supposedly paid out for certain players, etc. put them in, in, in financial duress. Can you say though so, they overpaid for him though? I mean, he got him, he got him a championship, and he's got him, a, and he got him a couple of. Who Pulido and Pizarro? He, no, he I'm talking in, about uh, he filled uh, in the trophy case a little. I'm talking about Almeida. Like, yeah, the, uh, the players I do uh, think they overpaid, like especially Pulido and and, and Guli. Yeah, I think those two are have been bad signings. So, so Pul- point, Pulido's not worth eighteen million dollars. Pulido one has been a bad signing, to be honest. Well, Pulido did score a couple of goals in the in the in, in the final. So, but uh, overall, so my question to y'all before we move on to uh, to other topics is, is is who so who so who comes in? Who is uh, Rigo? Who is your who is your ideal coach? And then who do you think is going to come in? Uh, my ideal coach, but after uh, Almeida would be uh, Pep Guardiola. Uh, that's not who's going to come in. It's probably going to be some rinky dink Mexican manager. I just, I think Mexican managers have a, have a very low ceiling. And not that Chivas is, you know, you know, undeserving of, of that right now, but I just, I, that's not what I, you know, what I envision for the, for the club at this, at this point. So it'll probably be like, uh, Musa That's Rinky Dink. What? He's calling the King Midas Rinky Dink coach. One yeah, that's rough, man. Win, one of the most winningest coaches in Liga MX. He's Mexican, though. He's Mexican. Although, Al- Al- Almeida doesn't come nowhere near Busey, Mex- man. Mexico's Rinky Dink. Almeida, Almeida brought up River Plate. Yeah, talking? but River Plate booted him halfway through the season when they brought him up. Mexico. <laughs> He doesn't even coach out of Mexico. Yeah, but bringing up a team like River Plate, you know, that's like saying yeah, the you point. brought up Juventus back to Serie A. I mean, that's that's like the, the probably like the top two more financially stable teams in Argentina. I mean, too. anyone could bring River Plate, man. That was a, River Plate was going broke too. Yeah, but even if they're going broke in Argentina, that just means you're less broke than the other. There's Sorry, a, there's too much. There's too much Mexican hate and praise for the almighty Argentinians and Europeans. It's true, it's true Chiki, bro. I think uh, a decent choice would be um, Rafael Puente Jr. But he, he just got hired. Oh, did he? I didn't realize that. Uh, Querétaro was it? Yes, oh, I agree. Okay. With, I agree with you, Dan. I would have liked Damn. him too. 
Because, I mean, he does play at least style. So, I mean, if you're going to lose, at least you're going to lose in, in, in an entertaining fashion as opposed to and, just... And, and he's been at Chivas. Well, that's a bummer, man. You guys uh, dropped the ball on that one. Because <laughs> I think he, that's young, promising coach that would make he, sense. He was as GM, though. We, we had him as GM. <clears throat> Who was saying that, uh, Monter... Um, Davino is, is the GM for... Uh, Monterrey, right? What about uh, what about Jurgen? Jurgen, yeah. Or Dam, he's into coaching now. No, no, uh, no, Jurgen, Jurgen Klinsmann, or Bruce Serena. They're they're both available. I'll pass on those guys too. The Miles Boyd. So 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 what? Especially Bruce Arena. I, I mean, does he have um, any kind of track record working with kids? Working because I mean that's basically what they're going to be working with is well, like, journeyman, would... journeyman, and, and 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 prospects. La Volpe would be good if you're trying to like, you know, play with a bunch of youth and and you give them two years to build that team. But who knows, man? After the whole Podologa stuff. What if? Well, what you if... know what though? You just said that they that they got rid of the the. the... The massage therapist. So, so you guys are good in that end. What if what if Jurgen uh, uncovers some some Mexican German talent in the uh, in the Bundesliga? Ah, see, I, you guys you guys are thinking about it. I, I can't I, imagine I, there's too many of that over there. <laughs> He's gonna uncover who hey, Marco Fabian and uh, Salcedo. That's right. <laughs> So it's uh, so 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 is it official official that Almeida's gone or is it or is, is it like like nothing has been determined? I mean, we're hanging on by like a finger now. So so it's going to happen. It's like they'll, they'll make it official. It's happen, yeah. Okay. Well, see, I thought it was official. It's official. official overnight while we're sleeping, so it's not a big deal. You mean like when Chepo was fired at one thirty in the morning after the after after the Honduras game after the Aztecaso? Man, that was such a bizarre uh, hex because they would they would release lists for you know like call ups like it like like after midnight in some cases. Uh, it was just it was very 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 strange. So I, I'm assuming that uh, there'll be no De La Torres, no no Real, so it's gonna be it's gonna be. You you know what, John? I do think he's he's fired because he changed the date. Like the vacation when they were supposed to return, it was supposed to be on the tenth, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be next week. And now it's and they changed it, and I think a big reason for that is if you're going to bring someone new to start working, they're going to need a bit more time with the club, with the players. Yeah, well, it's uh, a, a sad day for Chivas fans, but as but as Joel has pointed out repeatedly on the show. Uh, not not anything that should be that should come as a surprise or a shock to any Chivas fan because this has been their their modus operandi for about the last uh, thirty years or so. So, if you're new to Chivas, buckle up and get used to it because th- this is what the ride is like. And then enjoy your little championship every ten years or so. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Let's 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 move on. Let's switch gears. You know, again, this is supposed to be a nice kind of kind of a slow news day show. We're gonna talk a little about. Uh, 
about the Mexico uh, World Cup. They were abanderados uh, uh, today, whatever, whatever that means. I'm not sure exactly what the what happens when you are abanderado. Do, do, do they do they wrap you in a flag like a taco? Is, is that what abanderado means? Or I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what that is. We'll we'll talk about that. They're friendly, which uh, we had we had a. Uh, we had eyes on the friendly there in the Rose Bowl, albeit uh, eyes that showed up a little. Joel, can you can you? Uh, it, it's time for you to Joel, for you to come clean. Let us know uh, why it was that you and uh, and and Profe uh, showed up uh, not on time at the, at the game. It's overconfidence from Profe Cambia Rayas, man, and I miss my tradition of, you know, of making the game on time. No, of, of getting some a pre-game meal and and showing ah. you guys what what I'm eating. Yeah, the, yeah, sort the, of in your face type of tweet, you know. Right. Well, trust me, that food is not an in your face type of. Well, tweet. Ha- well the Rose Bowl has been. It hasn't let me down, John. That is true because I've been to a couple. I mean, not not soccer games, but I've been to football games there uh, at the actual Rose Bowl a couple of times and. Uh, the media meal is now. They put it out. Do they do, do they do the tent outside, uh, like uh, for for soccer, like they do for that, or is that? Uh... Yeah, they they put like uh... man, I forgot what it's called. Uh, looks like a buffet, you know. You get your plate and you load up right, on right. all the stuff. But is that have. up in the press box or is there's a downstairs yeah. in the tent? No, no, it's, it's on the press box, man. You just. Oh, see, because for, for the Rose Bowl, they have they have the big tent outside, and you go down there, and you have a nice, relaxing. No, no, this was in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I know, I understand. All right, so, so you guys were so, so why were you late? What, what happened? I mean, I know, and I don't even live in in Los Angeles. That if you if you have to go to, I mean, even on non parade days, you have to leave at least, at least four hours just because of the traffic. I don't know, man. As Rafael told me, three and no, he said four thirty, and I said. I said that's cutting it too close, man. But I don't know. He, I think he needed to do his chores before. I mean, you know, in your Orange County, which is, which is a, like with no traffic, it's at least an hour just to get to Pasadena, and that's with no traffic. Yeah, no, but I was I was in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. I was in LA and uh, made plans with Profe to to carpool, and yeah. Well, see, that's the the lesson here, Joel, is is don't carpool with a camaraya. We didn't just miss food, John. We missed. We had been invited to hang out at the tailgate. Oh yeah, what what tailgate was that? For who, man? You guys suck. On multi, on like on a ridiculous level. It did, man. It's it's you guys a new a perfectly good opportunity for a really good time. Yeah, yeah, we did, man. Um, <laughs> Shame on you guys. It was it was the Passion Crew, the former PBA guys. They did their own. Oh, passion means Yeah, there's a couple popping up, which is good. You know, the more the merrier. So I think this was their first, their first rodeo as as their new name, and and they were like, "Hey, come come check us out." They even got on Fusion, man. One of the they even got on TV. So 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 double. So you could have been there and 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 and, and, and put out the Cantina Mexico. Well, we could have, yes. Word. Well, well, you're going to have to take your punishment, so. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? For shame. 
For shame, Joel. Even even Hugo. Even Hugo. Estoy avergonzado. I mean, really. So, uh, I, you know what? When I went to the Rose Bowl, John? Oh, yeah. From yes, San Diego. Yes. From San Diego. Right. I made it in time to stop um, in West Covina and have a beer with with a friend of the show, loyal listener, Sergio. And you still made it to the game what? on time. Did you even get to tailgate a little bit, Dan? I, I did a little... Um, I shot some poor video of, of people uh, parting it up. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't invited to any particular um, um, uh, tailgate, but I would have had time. Right. Yeah. Just. Uh, Just got to plan ahead, man. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 had to go to the to, to the Rose Bowl like like after the tournament of roses, and you just I mean they're where they close all the streets down. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just, I mean, you have to, as uh, as Dan says, you have to plan ahead. So again, Joel, next time, the next time at the Rose Bowl, man, just uh, just ditch ditch, ditch Raya, man, because you know, with with a name like Raya, I mean, he just can't be trusted because you don't know what Raya he's gonna be wearing. You, you know what? He stood me up in San Diego. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. I saw I his know. name there, Soccer Chronicle. At, at this point, I don't know who's worse. <laughs> I said on. All right, so so the game was uh, Mexico Wales. It was at the at the Rose Bowl, and they picked an interesting time to play the game because it was right when the uh, the stadium was 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 half shadow, half sunlight. So I'm sure the video guys were having a a field day, having to paint that shot every time. And then I don't know if y'all noticed, but there were like lens flares in the in the uh, in the in the images when they had were on the on, on the game camera. So. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Toluca. Yeah, it that, did. That, that high noon game because like the the, the shadows always um, present on the field. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then uh, at least for the first, I mean, I personally like that stuff because because that way you know the the really talented guys can really make that work to their advantage. But uh, the game ends zero zero, and you know it was it was so funny to me to to to, to watch. The Mexican press talk about that, and then watch the the press that's, that's that's based here talk about it, and it was it was as if you watched two completely different games. It uh, it's just it's just fascinating. You know now now, uh, Joel, you were you were in the press. Dan, did you say you went to the game, or, or you've just been to the Rose Bowl previously? Oh, just previously. Um, uh, I think it was during the Gold Cup when that last time, well, last time I went. But um, mm-hmm. no, I just watched it on TV. Okay. So, Joel, you were there, and then you heard the uh, the coach at the press conference. Uh, where were uh, what, what what was the the general consensus of the the cologne laden press box? Oh man, I didn't do press box, John, and, and I rarely go down there. Go for that. It's too far. What? No, no, not the press conference. The press box. Like, well, like you were inside. talking about the coach. No, no, I'm talking about just the the overall. Where you watch the game? Yeah, the 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 the, the banter in the press box because it's it's always there's always plenty of banter in the press boxes there. Uh, there wasn't really much, at least where I was at. They saw Soccer Chronicle and they, they threw us on the south side of the of the press box, John. Uh, no, it, it was pretty cordial, man. I think a lot of people knew it was it's a Molero and, and they see it as a it was just like a glorified training match. Right. I do think there was fans that were upset, but I'm like, 
it's been going on for like 20 years now. What what are you expecting, you know? Just because you paid $300 for VIP seats doesn't mean you're going to get a Champions League final tier game, you know? Exactly. But 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 the overall did you did you, did you make it to the stadium in time to uh to to, to watch the, the game in its entirety or did you catch like like come in like thirty to forty minutes after the first half started? No, I I just I, I got there just as it had begun. Okay, all right. So yeah, I missed the list of like you know, like the the list with who's the numbers and all that. Sure. Yeah, it made it hard to live tweet. So who, uh, you know, I, I guess what I find interesting is, you know, there's there's a huge faction in the Mexican press, particularly, that seemed to think that Mexico had to had to play like Brazil 1970 in the in, in this match, and the fact that they didn't, you know, that you know they were ready to just go ahead and fire the coach, and then bring in somebody just for the World Cup, was the general consensus of, uh, or at least the, uh, the the reactions and the coverage that I saw. From again, this is for this is from the press in Mexico, and you know I, I watched that game, and I frankly didn't see that at all. I mean, I, I saw a team that you know they said you know, the, the, the phrase that I heard the most was "no saben a qué juegan, no juegan a nada," was what I heard, and it seemed like Mexico. You know, when I think of a team that can no juega nada, I think of the of, of the Chepo teams in the in the hex when they're playing home games and and for World Cup qualifiers, and they they don't even get a shot off on goal. That to me is a team can no juega nada. This team got plenty of shots on goal, and they generated plenty of offense. So I don't understand w- what they meant by no juegan a nada. So, so Rigo, you're a you're a on a solo hater. Maybe you can explain that to me. It just there just seems to be a lack of cohesion. I mean, it goes back to you know, obviously he's still he's always tinkering with the lineups, but like Teach Teach did nothing up top. He never got a ball. There, there, there was some shots, and they, they had opportunities. I think, I think a lot of it was in individuality. Like it's always been Tecatito, Herrera. Uh, I've been critical of Herrera recently, and I thought he played very well in the game. But in the first half, it was only him in the midfield, and then he took him out, and then Gutierrez finally showed up. Um, and Tecatito was doing, you know, his his. It seemed like he was—he's finally getting back to that old Tecatito that, that that we all know. But there wasn't really—I I didn't see any cohesion uh, from the team. Uh, the back line is still, you know, a, an area of concern. Well, the back line is going to be a disaster. I mean, period. End of story. There's to me the the the, the saving grace of, of 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 the back line. You know, with with, with if there's any kind of uh. Silver lining to Nestor Araujo's injury is, is the fact that maybe now we'll see Salcedo play as, as a central defender, as opposed to uh, on the uh, on the wing. Because even with 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 Edson Alvarez coming in, and I I personally think if, if there's anyone who has the, uh, a number that's higher than 23 on the back of their jersey, to me the guy that has the best chance of making the team is uh, is going to be Edson Alvarez because you know as a wing back i know that Rigo, one of your biggest complaints with the mexican wing backs at least under Osorio, is that they don't join the offense when they need to because they're just not used to doing that because they're all central defenders but 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 edson does that and, and he actually does it pretty well and he actually has a lot of you know he he's a little bit more technical than than one would expect a big you know lumbering goofy looking 6 footer to play like 
So I think that because of that, I think that he does have uh, he does have some options uh, there. But you know, as far as cohesion, though, I mean, I mean, I, I saw a team uh, you know that was stringing passes uh, better than they had. You know, they were trying they were trying things, which again, I'm, I'm a big fan of because you know, if you don't try it, you know, it's it's not you know how, how do you know? And uh, but but you're right though. I think the the the, the defense again is. You know, when you're going up against, you know, they do that that high pressure thing, and you know, there's one bad pass, and it's, you know, it's it, it, it grab the rosaries because who knows what's going to happen, and we're going to see that repeat. Yeah, there, the there was a there was a bad pass from uh, Alanis that almost turned into a, a Wales goal had it not been for the Molina, the one that returned back. Um, right. It's just like that, that kind of stuff is just I I wouldn't take Alanis to the World Cup. Yeah, well, he is wearing number two, and, uh, and he doesn't have any left footers. So I, I, I don't know. From, right. from from what I've gathered, I think that the, the Moreno's supposed to be back and healthy. I'm not so sure about Diego Reyes if if he's going to be back and healthy or not. So. Uh, but but again, it seems like, and I think even he, uh, uh, Osorio mentioned it in the, in the post game press conference that he he's waiting on his injured guys. So basically, the guys that have the jersey numbers, you know, twenty four, bup, 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 uh, and up are are the ones that are that are that are in trouble. So that that that, that it's an Alanis is to lose, and if you were basing your decision based just on that game, then Rodrigo, would you say that? Uh, that, that, that Alanis lost his spot. He'll I be wearing jersey 25 in the next game. <laughs> Alfredo, he brought him in for Alanis, and he brought him in at that left at that left center back position. Mm-hmm. Just based on that, because I thought Ayala was more solid than Alanis was. Um, so I, I would think that he lost that, that he lost it, but I mean he's been a big fan of Alanis. During the during his whole tenure, so I don't know. He's just—I mean, it's just so weird. Like, it, like it doesn't really matter the performances sometimes with him because he's just a fan of guys. Like, uh, I'm almost positive he's going to take Gio. Oh, there's no question he's taking Johnny. He—he's a—he's a, tact, a tactician, man. He looks at the players he has and the opponents he's going up against and matches everything up. I thought actually they played, Mexico played really well. They had good possession. Uh, Chicharito, like you said, wasn't really into the game. At times I saw him come back and try to help bring up the ball and, you know, he screwed up a few times and put, almost lost possession a few times. Um, but he I think the, the he wingers. He has to drop all the way down because he's not getting the ball. Well, yeah, yeah it's because, it's because the wingers would cut in instead of center. So. The wing, yeah, the wingers were doing, a great job, and but the way they were playing, it was sort of not lending to Chicharito getting the ball. I, I remember a corner kick; he he had he had a good opportunity to head it, but that that whole game was played oh, the, to where Chicharito. Yeah, I think so. Where, where, the, the, yeah. It seemed like a game where it was Chicharito was just going to be a target guy, just stick there and, and wait for a header or wait for something. You're not going to be really part of the game because Tecatito and Aquino were doing so well, and I thought Gutierrez went like you said when he came in. Um, well, he played the whole game. Oh, oh, yeah, towards the second he half, he was he was playing really well. Yeah, 
he, the cohesion when, was when good. Herrera, when Herrera stepped out, he showed up. Yeah. Instead of putting passes together. Yeah, well, one thing I did notice, and I don't know if they were doing, I mean, I'm sure they were doing it, is uh, Herrera was, uh, was, was playing a lot on the left, at least in the first 20 minutes or so, just, just to give Tecatito an ISO. So that, so that he would be left, you know, one on one with his defender. And that defender, if I'm not mistaken, I believe is the starting left back for Tottenham. Uh, I forget what the gentleman's name is. And he took him to school pretty much the entire first half. However, Tecatito did not have the gas to play the second half. So that tells me that he is only good for about 45 minutes. So I, I fully expect him to start World Cup games on the bench and then, and then be the first sub in, in the, in the second half. Which I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. Yeah, because you have about four players that you probably would want to start, and there's only room for three. Right. So you have Raul, you have Cheech, you have Vela, uh, you have Chucky. I mean, you have quite a few players there. So. Does uh, Does uh, Jimenez get to start then in, the, in, in, in Scotland? And, and, and if he does play well, should he get to start? against the Germans, or is that just a slap in the face of the Germans saying, do you not even search Chicharito against us? I think you have to go with Raul. I think he's been more clutch. He's been had the better season. Um, I think he's uh, just a better informed striker right now. And, uh, all things being equal, I, I, I think um, give the edge to, to Raul. Um, he's just as versatile, if not even probably more so, as far as like being um, playing out wide and being being able to switch back and forth. I think he's able to do that better, also. Even he has, though, he um, has better. He's better. He's a better technical player. He has he has more of a repertoire. He can do more of a complete striker, I guess. Yeah, exactly. More of a complete player. Um, I can I can see him playing Vela, but Jimenez and Cheech in that first game. Just because those guys like Vela, Vela and Raúl have like can play with their bodies, they do. That's something that will, I guess, as, as the game. And, and as far as the, the the friendly goes, though, I, I I personally was was not disappointed with how the team played. Um, I think the on a on a different night the. You probably walk away with a two zero with a two zero win. They had plenty of opportunities to to put in at least two goals. I thought. Um, I thought Oribe missed a clear one. Um, Aquino, I knew would miss his. <laughs> Herrera uh, missed uh, missed the one on one, which you just can't you cannot do that. Giovanni, so, I mean, Giovanni had a chance as well. Giovanni also had his. Um, well, <laughs> although his was was a bit of a tougher shot because it it, it was going to his uh, to his weak foot. Yeah, yeah. How can and he's know? a super lefty. Well, I will say this about Giovanni: is that is it even? And then this to me, if it's between Giovanni and, and Jurgen Dam, which is what it looks like, I mean, it's Giovanni every time. I mean, I'm sorry, but it just it just is. Um, you know, Jurgen you know, Dam. I'm, I'm not a Jurgen Dam fan, but the argument I would make for him is that he can play right back, and we don't have right backs because he has the speed and he's lanky. Yeah, but he's he, the, the dude way he's he's like a little like a like a like a little weight superman. He weighs like eighty pounds. But I mean, that's the only argument I would make to take him over Gio, because there's so many guys for Gio's position. 
True, but I mean, if, if if you need someone to come in and put in a spark, are you going to put in Jurgen Dahm? Are you going to put in Giovanni? Or if you're if you're if you're trying to come from behind and you and you need um, extra firepower, or if you're going to sacrifice someone um, more of that's more defensive oriented, then you're going to want to have someone like him. Because I think he's he's awesome if if you're playing counterattacking. I think he's awesome if he's if you, if you allow him to just play and roam around. He still, I mean, the second he got in, I, he put in a couple of really good crosses. He he still sees sees the field better than just about anybody, at least offensively. I, I, yeah, I thought the criticism he plays no defense. So don't I thought the criticisms for him though were were really just. Over the top, I'm like, I don't see how he. You're gonna single that guy out out of everybody and and point to him as saying playing subpar. I'm like, no, man. I think he he played. He didn't look out of place, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's uh, uh, it was it was it was. But you know, the, a lot of folks that already may have already made up their minds. Oh, yeah, well, Giovanni's gonna have a bad game, so let's just go ahead and. But but that's but that's the whole point, though, Dan. Is it seemed like. They were just trashing the team because they just wanted to trash the team. It was it was as if they didn't watch the game. I mean, I don't know how many times I saw. I mean, even on on Univision and Telemundo, like alarmas en el tri por por el mal desempeño en el en en el amistoso contra Gales. I was thinking, mal desempeño. It's clickbait, though. It, it is because you, you if you're even remotely logical in your in your analysis you're going to see how many pe- how many players are missing um how many uh the team has just literally gotten together they've only been practicing for for a couple of days it's uh and there's players that are literally that he's putting in testing because because of the injury situation so so I don't know why you're going to criticize the rotations at this point. I'm like, one, he's already been he's had he's already been doing it, but in this case, it kind of makes sense too because you you legitimately have question marks in your in your defensive line. You likely have um, Reyes, who's probably not going to who's probably not going to be healthy, and you already have Araujo, um, Nestor, who's already out. So you have a, a, a super old Rafa. You have Moreno, um, you know, so so. So yeah, I I didn't think it was the performance was bad at all, and I, and I thought um, considering the circumstances, this is this is I think a, a good a good friendly. Um, they, they they didn't they didn't score, which is which is obviously you know the that's not what you want, but it's still it's just a friendly you know as, as long if they're if they're able to create five or six scoring opportunities at the World Cup. That should be enough to get them some wins. You know, and it wasn't as if, you know, Wales was like, you know, the, the, they did have a couple of young players, but they had a, you know, that was mostly Wales starting lineup that, that, that played the World Cup qualifiers and got to the, uh, they got to the semis, didn't they? In the Eurocopa? Not I'm, sure, but they went far. Yeah, I'm not sure how, I didn't, I didn't follow, but they're, they're part of, I think, the, to, to, just to create the narrative. Yeah, they're saying that the team is not the same without Gareth Bale, which is, I mean, okay, true, but doesn't mean the team is trash. You no, know, that's like saying that Pumas is just not the same without Picolin. So I, I understand. I think I think Mexico needs more than five shots on goal to score. I think they had plenty more than that, and they didn't score. And I think this game, if there is anything negative to say, um, just shows what Mexico has always shown is that they can't beat a well-organized defense or a bunker, if you want to call it that. 
because um, many times during well, the, well, the game, they were well established. Yes and no, but the difference like, is that usually Mexico can't even get shots off against teams like that. Yeah, yeah. They, so that in that aspect, they did do well. But say say Korea has a good organized defense. They don't. They're if, okay. Then that that'll be good. But if they did, and if they bunkered with their speed, I imagine uh, you know a good chance Korea could on the counter end up beating Mexico and Mexico out outshoot uh, Korea, for example. Just, just in typical Mexican style, possessing, attacking, not being able to beat the bunker, and then getting countered. Well, Mexico is rounding well into their World Cup form. I remember was it the 2010 World Cup where Mexico played, I think England, and they played they played some really good friendlies before, and they would just dominate the games possession wise, and then get and get you know decent shots. I they just you know they just you know they, they could hit anything. So I'm glad to see that Mexico is is is, is getting into their into their proper World Cup form by a. Uh, by doing what they're doing with with the way that they are uh, getting ready to play. So what is the deal then with the Mexican players when it comes to Osorio? I mean, they, they have been on his ass uh, literally since the minute his first press conference was done. And, I, you know, I, I firmly believe that if, if Osorio was from Argentina or from Brazil, that they would be talking about the rotaciones as it was the greatest thing in the world. But because he's from Colombia... Then it's like, you know, who is this guy? I mean, I was watching like Russo Rylowski and Agassiz, but they were they're like acting like dumb fans. Well, I don't know what this guy is going to do next. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it just, it, and, and, and frankly, it, it just cracks me up. You gotta have, well, you gotta have it's that silly time. because you know, you, and that's the thing. He's not even rotating players that much. You, we know who's going to be playing for the most part. There's a couple of question marks, sure, but I mean, the ones that we think are going to be playing in certain positions, I mean, the only real question marks are in, in uh, was it defensive, uh, de- defensive midfielder and 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 the, and the fullbacks and and only and and center backs right now only because of the injuries. If it wasn't for them, it, it, chances are it'd be Araujo and, and and Moreno starting, no question. You have Layun that's going to be playing on the left probably, and and probably Salcedo playing on the right. That's how it would normally be. Now there's it's a bit of a a mix up, but it's they're just doing it just to continue the same the same stupid little thing that they that they that they that they've been doing because why are they going to change their tune now? Um, I'm actually feeling more confident, more more positive about about the ch- team's chances. I mean, sure, I I, I think it, there's a gigantic possibility that they could just crash crash and burn, but I think this team has the potential to surprise. Some folks. Well, you know, we were talking about the way we, uh, before we came on the air the uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, magazine that had Mexico on their cover on one of their four uh, World Cup covers uh, for, for their this week's edition, and they actually uh, have Mexico making to making the quarterfinals but losing to Belgium in the quarterfinal. Who obviously, you know, the person I think it was Grant Wall who who put his bracket together for that obviously had, does not understand Mexico World Cup history with Belgium. We own the Belgians in the World Cup. We've we've beaten them twice and have uh, and then we had that draw in in, in 1998 and frankly should have won the game were it not for uh, a certain player from Monterrey who uh, unfortunately became famous for doing 98 percent of the uh, of the job but, but missing out on that last two percent and not scoring the goals. At, uh... Who do you have uh, Mexico beating in the uh... round of 16? He had Mexico beating Brazil. Oh. 
So, so they had, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, Mexico to the quarterfinals, according to, uh, I believe it was Grant Wall who did his, uh, his, his, his World Cup. I haven't had a chance to read the magazine. I'll let y'all, let y'all that, know. That would be a, b- a bit bittersweet though, right? To get past, uh, Brazil. And then lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, congratulations. We, like, yeah, we got the quinto partido, but it, it, this still feels like a bit of a, bit of a letdown. I would, I personally would feel that way because I am not impressed with that team. Haven't been, I don't care what the ranking is. Um, Brazil? No, Belgium. It's just not a team I'm impressed oh, with. Yeah, they are, they're, they are underperforming the performers when it comes to, when it comes to international tournaments. I mean, I know they got some really good players and all, but, uh, even during the friendly, it's just like, this is exactly what I was expecting. I'm like, yeah, they have some good players, but definitely beatable. They, they don't, they don't make my, 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 my legs shake like, like Argentina does or Germany. Right. So Mexico plays Scotland coming up at the Azteca, which apparently has been reduced to, to a capacity of 72,000. And frankly, that upsets me. That that stadium should be, you know, at the very least 90. Well, what has happened to the Azteca that they've reduced it to 72,000 seats? Anyway, well, that's a discussion for a, for another day. So I, I, are we are we are we are we then to see if uh, if, if like Guardado and and Moreno and all the and all these guys are are, are going to come back because uh, apparently the one that they're most worried about now is Guardado. So if if Guardado does not make it, then obviously it would be would it be Gutierrez that would that would come in for him, and if if it is, it seems like that might be okay. I personally wasn't all that impressed with Gutierrez. I think he plays a little bit slow. Um, yeah, I wasn't impressed with him either. But if it were up to me and you had to replace Guardado, um, I would I would roll the dice with Marco. I think he's got a great engine. He's been he 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 knows. Um, I think he he's used to to high tempo, high intensity, high like he 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 runs a lot when he plays. Um, I think something somebody like that. I think he 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 be he he'd be really um a great substitute for Guardado. Well, I would assume that he would be the substitute for Guardado, and then then Gutierrez would be his. Substitute. I think it's going to be Vela. He's played uh, him a lot, man. Man, that's scary, man. I think, he, I think he plays him, but he plays him there or in that, or with with two with two midfielders behind him. Well, what Vela is, is a straight up ten for uh, for LAFC, is he not? Yeah, I mean, because he's he's pretty much all over the field. And 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 Osorio has played him there a few times in the last couple games, so that's why I could see that happening. And and when he does play him there, the team functions pretty well. So I wouldn't mind that. You know, if if that did happen, I would much rather. I mean, I would much rather have. Uh, you know, if I did play that position, I would, but then the, the midfielders have to be more defensive oriented. You have to you have to have a yeah, gotta be like Mo, Mo, at least a Molina for and, sure. And and you know, and, and Herrera, but Herrera, how he's gotten better about it about about playing defense, but. The, by the way, I think that uh, 
Hector Herrera seems to, whatever it was that he, uh, lost at midseason, he seems to have found it and, and he couldn't have picked a better time to get going again because I mean, he seems like he's doing that, uh, he, that, that he's rounding in the, in the, in the World Cup form and he had a fantastic World Cup the last one. Let's, uh, that's what I'm saying, John. Think about it. If yeah. you see, if you think, if you ha- consider Guarda, um, Herrera, if he's, if he comes in hot, Tecatito, Vela, Chucky, man, that's, that's, that's potential, man, for, 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 for a lot of offense. Well, what it boils down to for Mexico is, I mean, especially in the later, and this, I think was going to kill him in the later rounds is, uh, is that they're, they're gonna, they, they can outscore people, you know, but Korea's gonna score some goals on Mexico. It's so sweet. But I think Mexico has the potential to score more. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they, they do, they do have a lot of firepower. So, yeah, so, so a Mexico fans should expect Mexico to, to, they, they should understand that Mexico's gonna have to outscore people, uh, at least in the Korean Sweden game to, uh, to, to advance. And if they, you know, kind of like they did in 98. So. It's, uh, the, there is a lot of potential there and, 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 and not just in the starting 11, you know, people coming off the bench too. I mean, you can go, you could take that team in many different directions just to, just with who you have on the bench, which is again, w- one of the reasons why I think that we, we've seen this whole rotation is because I think that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be situational in the World Cup. It's not going to be, he's not going to, it's going to throw Carlos Vela out to play, you know, this position just because I think it's at some point he might play that position for a certain period of time. But, but but I think most players will end up in their natural positions uh, when the uh, when, when when the games do get do get going. So does Salcedo move to central defender then? If uh, if, if if Reyes obviously you no know, Araujo because he would have I mean he is Mexico's second best defender right? I mean you would you would you would have to make that sacrifice. I would agree because. Um... Just the the thought of Hugo Yala or Alanis does is just not all that. It's it's much less comforting. Um, <laughs> and then you you think about who can play because by moving him, you know, then you start have to you, then you start have to you really have to start uh, shifting players around to, to to fill those slots. So who would play in the right back position? Well, I would start I Edson Alvarez. Yeah, that would be my choice. Um. But who knows? He's wacky. He he might throw out Layun on the right and then throw Alanis on the left. Stop. Um, Stop. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, no, like, this is something thing, that he could do. The only thing with not having Hugo Ayala is... And the, then Rafa. The You're losing your offense on the corners uh, for he- for headers. Uh, Salcedo doesn't do that. I don't think anyone else does that better than... Yeah, but Edson Alvarez is six feet tall, so to me... Yeah, I don't think he can head. Not as good as Ayala. Ayala's probably better than any. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. Then, 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 I think that the the fact that that he has some defensive issues, I think, I think pretty much guarantees that not only not only is Molina going to go to the World Cup, he's probably going to start a few games. I'm thinking it's either going to be Molina or, or Rafa playing in that position. <sighs> and I'm thinking Rafa actually. I, I, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm thinking Molina. I'm hoping that that he goes. Uh, if he does do the goes the Rafa route, that he's um, plays it 
extra conservative uh, in the back, and then just um, just to just to make sure there's always protection behind him, and then just uh, you know I know players I know I know like fans we don't like it a lot but but and then just depend on the individual individual talent. Hope that maybe Rafa can get you a couple of, of long passes that they, that that could create a goal. Or work for set pieces that to, to get because you're going to have a lot of good players that that can get in goals with, you know, up and down the team. The, the, they can all put in goals on on set pieces and just try your luck that way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm almost I'm more convinced now that Rafa's going to be starting against Germany. Eek. Who's going to be the he next? Didn't, uh, he didn't start against them the last time. Man, Ricardo Osorio of 2010. I don't know, man. I, I trust Rafa, dude. Like, I, I've never seen the team get their ass kicked once with, with, with like, like a serious beatdown like that with him on the field. So I, I, I don't. In the two uh, signature beatdowns of the of the Osorio era, era rather, uh, Rafa was was not on the field for either of them. He came off the bench. I think he came it, off the uh, bench Germany. for uh, Germany. Yeah, that was it. But that was that was the one was already four to one. Yeah. Rafa, make sure it's not five to one, please. And, and, and you know he will. He'll he'll go there and take a knee out. <laughs> he will. Uh, he will definitely, uh, definitely do that. Now, one thing I, I, I it would be remiss, uh, Dan. I was I was going to do it here for for, for Mexico, but it seems like we need to, you know, just 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 for a little bit for the Chivas fans. I just I do feel so bad for them that they, their poor coach, on his way out. Looking at some bad seasons up ahead with their new policy. Just a year removed from winning their their championship. Very unfortunate for uh, now. Um, now we get to hear uh, Chivistas um, go back to my, my one of my favorite uh, one of the one of their favorite cries is uh, well, you know what? I, like at least we we send players to Europe, so we'll we'll see if they can they're able to they continue at least. In that respect. Okay. Because <laughs> what it, I, I I've been and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe uh, our some of, some of our Chivarmanos could could, uh, could chime in here. The reported fee that they paid for Pizarro was eighteen million. I thought it was twenty. Twenty. Okay. So eighteen twenty, and they're gonna sell him, or they're gonna let him go for eight or ten. Yeah, stupid. Well, I mean, that's the problem with Chivas is that they they have to pay the you know they're already going to pay a premium because it's a Mexican player and then a double premium because it's all they can do. So, and anytime Chivas goes to uh, buy anything, it's a seller's market, and then vice versa. The European market undervalues Mexican players, and the Mexican market overvalues Mexican players, especially. And that's where you, that's where they end up losing. I mean, they, I mean, they sold Salcedo for five million. Who was Salcedo? Who was already in playing in Europe? And they sold him for five. I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, you but, but it's what the market bears. I mean, I mean, let's face it. I mean, uh, you know, Pizarro is worth. In year, I mean, if he goes to a European team, is gonna be what they're gonna pay like three, three, four million for him. Yeah, ridiculous. So, so Chivas pays twenty, 
which again is a, a, you know, I ask the question, you know, you know, why on earth would they want to get rid of that? I mean, I mean, I, I at least get a return for your investment. Because otherwise, I mean, if you sell them to Tigres for six, what's the point? You're not going to get another guy like him. It's a very, very sad time for, uh, for Chivas fans. Now let's, well, let's, let's, flu. Let, well, we could certainly do that. Let's, uh, you know, you contrast that with, with, with Real Madrid, with, with Zidane, you know, basically doing the George Costanza, you know, tells the joke and then leaves the conference room. And everyone thinks, oh man, they always have a good memory. He just wins the Champions League for the third year in a row. And, and he says, you know what? I'm done. And, and he, and he gets the, he got a standing ovation at the end of his press conference today. People clapping for him as, as he walks off. And, uh, I heard, I heard it's because he didn't want to bring in more players. You know what? Go ahead. But it wanted to bring in more, more players. See, I also heard it was, uh, that the that the locker room was 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 shattered and he didn't want to deal with it anymore. And you know to to, to which I say, you know what more does he have to prove there? You know he wants to go try and do something else. I mean you know let's, I mean that if you if you can walk away from that club with 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 that kind of with your reputation still intact, I mean you are, I mean you know no no coach is going to be hotter than Zizou in the upcoming market. No. How how could he not though? This is a team with all the superstars and all the money to buy all these players. How could you not? It's like saying it's like Juan saying that uh, anybody could have brought River off of, out of the La Bay. <laughs> anybody could have coached Real Madrid to to what they did with with all those players and the quality of players. But the that they thing had. is that they've always had those players, and that that was the first time in the modern era that they'd done that. So I mean, it wasn't like this is anything new. The Messi MSN broke up. Barcelona was sort of on the decline, so this you know is a prime opportunity for him. I think he might he might if he goes anywhere else. I, I'm not I'm not having high hopes for him. Well, I hear that there's going to be an opening. I think, one. I, think he, I think he might be going for the France job. Not Chivas is, is Chivas his uh, his 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 safety school. That's his backup. Yeah, that's his backup is to. Uh, same, same color as France. I, I didn't think that I would have a reason to play play this, but I, but I, but I will play it if if they pull it off. Of course, they won't. Though. If he, if he does go to Chivas, I don't think you're going to play that for a long time, John. <laughs> if he goes to Chivas or to another team, I sort of and I I don't. It's not going to be exactly the same because he's a great. He was a great player and everything, but I see his coaching career ending up like uh, Sven's. <laughs> You know, really hype at the beginning, and then when he when he goes somewhere else, it just like oh come yeah. On. But I mean, come on, Sven won won one title in Italy, and that was it. You know, this, this you know this is yeah. It, well, it's not exactly the same, but it's. I think what what Zidane showed was that he's he's an excellent um, at minimum uh, knows how to manage players. I mean, that's, yeah, and, and, and he that's reads not easy. Really well. What he did when he came on, what he did was big because. Ramajo was playing bad. And I think he removed uh, Hamas. He took Hamas out. Casimiro in. And it completely changed the team, how the team played. Because they, they didn't have a, a real defensive midfielder. Right. And 
like that technically that like improved the team like exponentially right away as soon as he came in. So I mean he he he's shown that tactically he can he can play with he can, you know, coach with the best of them. Obviously he has a shitload of talent. So that helps. Yeah, I mean, and then they're always, you know, I always joke, you know, wh- whoever has, you know, becomes the quote unquote star of the World Cup, you know, w- within two weeks after the World Cup, you know, he will sign for a Real Madrid if he doesn't already play for them already. And that's, and, and that's just, that's just the reality. Whether they need him or not, you know, they're, 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 they're the team, they're like, you know, I just have to have it. That, that's just, that's just what they do. So, you know, whether Zidane is there or whoever coaches them. You know that they're 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 always they're always going to have players, and every year they're going to make a huge signing. And that, that that's just who they are and who they've been and who they will continue to be. Just just like Chivas, so so you know Zidane can just, you know it'll be it'll be a seamless transition from from Real Madrid to Chivas for for for, for Zidane when when he when he lands in the, in Guadalajara. And he already speaks Spanish, you know. It's so uh, it, it's it's. Chivas, Chivas needs to make this happen. I, I could just hear the conversation where you go, Travieso Guzman, Zinedine Zidane. I could just pull Travieso. But turn, turning it um, the other way, do you think uh, Zidane is going to want to coach a rink-a-dink team? <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, Rigo, did you say he was? Uh, he, he wants to coach France? I mean, I don't... I don't... I don't know that, but I I would imagine that that would be like his next, yeah. like what he would want to do. I mean, he coached like the best one of the best teams in the world. What what would be next? A national team, and I don't think France is going to win the World Cup to be honest. So I think they fire that coach, and then he'll be able to step in with one of the best generations that they've that they've had since he was there. Right. Yeah, I mean it's. Um... You know, I, I think that uh, Mourinho wants to coach wants to coach Portugal before he's done. That that be his last stop. So it's uh, and I I actually have heard that too that uh, that that France is definitely where he uh, supposedly is uh, is 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 wanting to try his uh, try his luck next. So I guess I guess that means Chivas is out then for 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 Zizou. I mean, I I could see I, I could see Almeida going to. Coach Argentina if Mexico doesn't come calling as well. Yeah, Mexico would be. Like we just spoke Coelho. No, no, I was just going to say, I don't think Almeida is first choice in Argentina. I think they'll take someone like Piojo, even like Gallardo. Because Almeida is rated highly in Mexico, but not so much in Argentina. They're not going to see him promoting two teams from La Bay. As much as they're going to see like Gallardo winning the Libertadores or, or just what Simeone has done or even San Paoli has done. So he's, he's quite down in the pecking order. I don't think so because I, I was just in South America and I was watching ESPN Argentina and they were speaking pretty highly of him. I mean, they even had him on as a commentator for the Champions League. How do you do? And I didn't watch Champions League there. But I mean, I was watching like like the day, I was there like, two days before the Champions League, and he was doing pretty well as a commentator. They were they were speaking they were speaking pretty well of him. 
So he's got a he's got a little side gig he can do before he finds his new one. Yeah. So he all likes right, to right, he likes to be it up. Tell me the last time they hired a coach with his credentials. They don't hire rink-a-dink coaches. <laughs> well, they hired well, Diego Maradona, and he hadn't coached anybody. But I kind yeah, of but agree Diego, with Diego, well, come on, man. Diego yeah, is, no, I, I agree with well, though. I don't think icon right there. I, I'm still of the opinion that they don't really value the Mexican League or Mexico that no. highly in terms of football. So so I don't think that um, him winning the, the, the CONCACAF, him winning the league, and him winning a couple of cups is going to be – Highly regarded in Argentina, at least not enough to a point where they're like, all right, we we should really get this guy to coach the national team. Yeah, and and you um, know if he if he's doing that just to go on with dancing, if he's doing as as if if his uh, league record with Chivas was the same in Argentina, the the fans would have booted him out long ago. I think in Mexico we're very forgiving, you know, we're more hopeful. Now over there, they're less. Less likely to have you, uh, you know, well, be out of contention. The situations are, 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 are relative, though, because had Almeida not won the title, then the fans would have been totally on his ass this year for for, for having a, 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 a as bad year they did. They give him a big cushion. Yeah, it was it was it was like a, like you found like one of those rings in Dungeons and Dragons where he puts on he's like in a force field <laughs> for a year. You know, nothing's gonna happen to him. He found an infinity stone. Exactly. But, yeah, no, they do speak sometimes good about him, but I think all the like general overall consensus, and they're just not gonna see him as, as he's not like the top choice, probably like fifth place or below. So. What about another uh, another club in Argentina? Yeah, there is clubs that have been wanting to go after him. Uh, but, I mean, again, he's taking a massive pay cut. You know? Or he might go to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but there hasn't been offers, you know? That's another There's... thing, too. Like, again, I think it goes back to the whole yeah. the lack of um... – of prestige that the Mexican league has. I don't know if yeah. that's going to open all kinds of doors for him. I think his best option right now, if he, if he wants to make a significant step up in, in, in like the echelon of good coaches is probably to coach Mexico. Um, yeah. He seems and to it, be the, he seems to be the most popular name, at least or one of the most. And, and if he could eke out something like a, a performance that Mexico hasn't been able to do prior then his stock goes infinitely high because then like he'll be able to claim that he's done something that no one else has. His other options, I think, is probably just to go back to Argentina, work for less, and then win some championships there, and and then hope. Because I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't. Maybe I'm undervaluing, but I, I just don't see people are, that are even aware of the Mexican league. It's not so much that they diminish it; they're just, just largely unaware of it. Yeah, it's it's also the region that, so they they don't they see Concacaf as being low tire and they just Superior. they they don't respect it as much as they should. Even though like you've seen teams like Costa Rica, the U.S. and Mexico, they do good at the World Cup. I mean, they don't they're not exactly challenging to win it, but but they hold their own. They're 
they, they get good results. And I could see, I could see praise. I don't know how. I wish I could uh, listen to the news when they were in Argentina when they were praising Almeida. But I can see them praising him for uh, you know going to Mexico and showing the Mexicans how to play and and winning championships with a, a handicap. Como que showing the Mexicans how to play? Uh, well, a handicap, you taking a handicapped team that's only allowed to to sign Mexican. Well, it's not like they're 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 playing ten versus eleven each time. You know what? I'm gonna tell you. Keep going, man. Though I, I I love your tone. They're, they're very supportive. <laughs> I think like in Argentina, they'll be very supportive of of their coaches and players when they're abroad. They're, they're more supportive, more so than when they're in their own club. You know. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right. Beto, it, it, it sounds like you're saying that, 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 that Guadalajara should take should ride the short bus to the to the stadium, the way you're describing. No, they're at a, they're at a disadvantage. They're they, not at a disadvantage. They're limited to the player pool to just you know to like a a, a half or whatever it is the a player pool that all the other teams have. Here's here's where, where uh, you're right. As long as as long as they, as long as they they make it a disadvantage, they're not taking full advantage of their disadvantage. That's how I see that. I mean, if if they know that they're going to be disadvantaged, and they have to, they have to plan for that and and know that. They don't do that, and they haven't, as as Hoyt has pointed out numerous times on this podcast. So they so that that takes it takes extra it takes extra brains it takes extra planning it takes extra youth development, whereas other teams you know they could they can fail or they can slack off in those others. And those other categories where Chivas can't, they can't, they can't risk not not bringing up good youth. They can't risk, uh, you know, all these. Whereas a, another team can just you know buy buy a set. Well, you know what, Chivas has hurt themselves because they used to be one of the clubs where, if you're a Mexican player, they all wanted to be in that team. You know, there's few clubs that, as kids growing up, they're, they're like, all right, I want to play in that. And and they don't see it like that anymore. It's because all their clubs play really good, and then more and more want to go to Europe, and and then so where Chivas hurt themselves is the way they treat, the way they've been treating uh, staff and players, the way they let them go. You know, even with Bravo, when 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 uh, Vergara was saying he left through the back door and, and just bad mouthing him, the way a lot of these guys have been let go. Very unceremoniously treated really bad, even like Bofo and, and other players and, and the coaching too. So it, it makes for not a place where not a lot of people want to go in and have a career. Where it's just what you need. If you have a player like, like Gallito, you would want to hold on to him until he retires. Yes. Sir. It all goes back to what you guys are saying is the, the management. Vergara, you know, has shown his ineptitude for years. And Higuera is just a, a cancer ever since. I mean, you can tell just from that Picante episode, that guy is just somewhere, someone I don't want, you know, you wouldn't want to even be around and much less be an employee of. Wow. That's, uh, like he, 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 look at the way he treated that dude, Pietra, Pietra Santa, Aniveles, and looking down on him, calling him, uh, what's that, what's that name? Calling him some cartoon character. Silvestre. No. Oh, 
Capulina. Capulina. Yeah, Capulina. Capulina. Oh yeah. <laughs> is, if if he gets on, if he if you get on his bad side, he's just gonna look down on you and humiliate you. And so I mean, I don't know what I'm ma- just the kind of guy that you want running a team because he's he's gonna make he's gonna make personal decisions. You know, you know, you're based on his emotions essentially. That's not that's not good. No, not at all. So, so Chivas fans, you have that to look forward to for the next couple of years too. See how that uh, how that ends up playing out. Now, Chiquis, uh, before we go, uh, I know that uh, we had we had the Champions League final. It was uh, won by by Real Madrid, three to one over over Liverpool. Gareth Bale, who had just been subbed on. Uh, came on and scored uh, uh, two goals after after Benzema got the opening goal on a, on a great play by him, where he put his foot out where the goalkeeper, excuse me, was throwing the uh, throwing the ball out and it hit his foot and went right in the net. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was one zero. Uh, but there was a, there was a play where uh, where Sergio Ramos and Mo Salah got tangled up and Mo Salah fell awkwardly and he. Uh, Injured himself, injured his shoulder. It looks like it was just a, a mild shoulder separation, which is, uh, I think, good news for the entire world because uh, hopefully we will uh, get to see him play in the World Cup. And uh, you, you, you analyzed the play, Chiquis, and, and you posted something on our YouTube. So, 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 tell us, uh, tell us what you saw based on your experience in, in, in other sports. Okay, yeah. So, I. Uh... After like I think a day or two after the after the game, the European Judo Association or something posted a tweet about the basically what what he did looks very similar to a, a judo move, um, basically a throw to take somebody down on the ground and and uh you know do whatever on the ground. Uh, but they weren't they don't know soccer, so <laughs> they were in and they were wrong. Uh, Ramos toe poked that ball, which made it look like he was trying to get his hips underneath uh, uh, Mosala's hips, and in that way, sort of grab his arm and, and throw him on the ground. Um, but the toe poke is, you know, that's a normal play. Everyone does that. They try to reach out, dispossess the guy. Um, unfortunately, when they got their arms tangled up, uh, they fell down and. Uh, Mosala, he was trying to prevent Ramos from getting in front of him and so pushed into, uh, Ramos's hips, forcing him to lose further balance since he was just on one foot, you know, attempting a toe poke. And, uh, and so they just, you know, the, the momentum was increased because of that. And unfortunately he, you know, he fell right on that shoulder instead of on his side where Ramos fell exactly on his side. He was able to turn a lot more because I guess the momentum wasn't as wasn't as much. Right, and and and, and what what prevented uh, Mo Salah from 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 turning the way that Ramos was able to turn? I don't. I think just. I thought. His, it, I, well, I thought it was the fact that he he held on to. He kept holding on to his arm. Well, oh, you mean Mo Salah was holding on to his arm? No, Ramos was holding his arm the whole time. He never let go. 
So he never had that arm to even try to break his fall or like, or to even, even change the way he fell because he was holding, he, he had it pinned to his side. At least that's the way I saw it. He it seemed him. like he, he hooked him. Yeah. And he just had him pinned. So he was going to fall. However, he was going to fall because it almost had him like locked in. He was just going to fall just however he fell. He had no way to break any, um, break that, any of that momentum. Well, they, if, yeah, that's, that was the other issue. Like I talked about the lower, the lower body, the upper body, Ramos put his arm in front to, of course, stop momentum to try to get the ball. Mosala actually grabbed Ramos' arm as well. Why did he grab Ramos? To hold, to stop him from trying to get in front of him. So he, they both were trying to prevent. Well, see, that's where I'm going to disagree with you there because oh, the, the minute, minute Mosala grabs his arm is because it's because he has lost he, he has lost his footing, he's lost his mouth. He's trying no, to fall on the ground. Before. This was before before the fall. This is when they were fighting for who could get to the ball quicker. Right. Ramos put his left arm in front to try to pull back Mosala and get access to the ball quicker first. And then Mosala re- reacted to that and grabbed Ramos's arm to hold him back and stop him from getting in front of, uh, of his body and getting closer to the ball. And, and the act of doing that, he grabbed onto Ramos's, uh, arm and also pushed his body into Ramos's body to get to push him off the ball or but you know he and then but Ramos had already tried to grab the ball and was on one foot basically off balance so he was falling most of all was pushing into him making him fall even harder and of course falling with him Ramos did hold on and when he was falling you you it does look like i i admit and to me it looks a little bit suspicious it does look like uh, uh, Ramos's left arm is a little bit tucked into his chest, holding Mosala's arm. Dude, not not only is he holding his arm, but he turned his body as he was oh, falling, that, so, that, that he, so that he would hang onto the arm even more. No, that that that's no problem though. That that's that's no issue. The issue is holding it on initially. Right. Once the once he falls over, it's like um, you're not. He's not going to move to the side. But it it happened so quick. There is no way Mosala was going to move and land on his on his side. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, Ramos, Ramos knew exactly what he was doing. No, I'm not saying he was trying to hurt the guy, but but I know that he was he was definitely sending a message. And I don't think 100 agree with you. He, yeah, he, he when he was falling, he I don't think he his, meant for it to hurt his him. Arm. Absolutely yeah, exactly. not. But 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 he meant to sure like you're not he meant to getting shake him this up, ball for sure. Yeah, and you're going down. I'm making he meant sure to shake you're going him up. down. That's just who he is, dude. He's he's the most red carded player in La Liga. He's he's the dirtiest player in La Liga. <laughs> that's that's but just you know what. But the thing is, is is that is that he 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 does this every game, and not a, I'm not saying that he hooks a guy like that, but but he, you know, he's he he is a defender. I mean that that it's, that is his style, and it, and it works for him, and he gets away with it, so he's going to do it more. But he but it. it to even know that you're going to slam some dude's shoulder, but, but, and but allowed, he, right? He that, that takes like but some that's, knowledge. That's the point, dude. He didn't know that that was going to happen. He knew that if he held on to the arm, that Mo, something something was going to happen to Mo. He didn't accept that to hurt him, but but he knew that you know that you know there's a you no, know, yeah. He knew yeah. what he was doing. Well, no, exactly. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense because <laughs> if he if he would have done everything right to hurt him. He wouldn't have let go towards the end. He braced himself with his left arm the same way that Mosala braced himself with the left arm. The only thing is he turned into it, and he wasn't even holding on to the arm. Dude, I'm not saying he was trying to hurt him. I'm just saying he was trying to send a message. He was just—he was trying to bring him. 
it's like when a when a defensive lineman hits the quarterback on a legal play and just drives him in a little more than he probably should, you know, you know, you know, just to the to the edge of the. Uh, yeah, he might the, he might be true on that, but he, yeah, there, there's no say, question. He he's a notoriously dirty player. It, it, I don't I don't see any. It's what he does. It's what he does. He really egregious. Like you said, like he's a he's a real hard nose. He likes to, you know, um, like straddle the the the, the fence of of. of, of 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 getting of getting calls, but um, like 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 John said, he does get the dark. Them. He's able to get away with most of them. It's good defending. Beppe is uh, another one who who who's also another defender who's a lot of the times dirty. But you know, it's part of being a defender. I don't I don't blame the guy. I mean, they won the game. He got away with it. But to try to excuse to say like it wasn't a dirty play, no, it was a dirty play. But that's it's part of the game. I mean, and, it, and it's he how he plays. He didn't with with malicious intent try to like I'm going to drive this guy shoulder to the ground. But when I he, think was he, had falling, he grabbed intent. him on, yeah, when he grabbed him, I, I on, think he, just he had, wanted to bring him down awkwardly. That's all he wanted. No, I, I do think he had malicious intent. I don't think he wanted to separate his shoulder. I think, I think he wanted to hurt him. It's an exaggeration when I hear dirty, when I hear delinquent, when I hear all these insults that he's been receiving. It was just it was just a, a hard. I, w- I wouldn't c- even go to the extent of malicious or. Well, he was just he was, he was sending a message. And, I would call and, it an aggressive play. He was yeah. aggressive. Well, I, I'm not basing this on this one event. I'm basing this on like years of watching him play. That's what he does, man. He's a dirty player. He 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 does stuff like that. Maybe not exactly it's, like it's that, but he it. does other things that like the penalty is worth it to him to to to, to do what he does. It's aggression. Like you can even tell even before, and, and if aggression results in being dirty, I guess I guess that that's true. But you can even tell before, like Mosala has the ball and it's bouncing in front of him. The hunger, but uh, between the both of those players going after that ball was a hundred percent more greater on on Ramos's side. He was going after that ball. Mosala sort of like was on the defensive was. And and the difference was there. I mean, if you if you are not fully aggressive and fully in tune in the game, you're going to get yourself hurt. And that's that's sort of what happened here. The more aggressive player in in a physical altercation is gonna is gonna. I I, I don't think it had a thing of like yes, maybe his style is aggressive, but the move itself. I don't care how aggressive you are. If someone's <laughs> holding onto your arm and they decide to fall, you're gonna go. You're gonna yeah. fall along with them. That's what I saw. I yeah. basically saw him. Grab his arm and say, like, "All right, I'm falling and I'm fucking bringing you down with me." Watch it. No, that's that's not the case. I'll watch the video in slow mo. That, that, that's how that's I saw. Exactly. exactly. Let's he lets go of the arm. The arm is is really yeah, nothing. He, even, he, even, he grabs his arm and he twists his body around as he's falling. Uh, <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, it is. There's, it's indistinguishable. Like it was like, like it, 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 it would be physically impossible for him not to just be taken along with him. He had he had plenty of space in that. Even even like. And I've. Uh, I was dude, actually surprised that his shoulder wasn't separated from the actual pull itself, not the well, fall. No way, no way, dude. No, that's that's what I was about to say. Like in jujitsu, the arm bar is very common. So I I initially thought that his right arm was going to be injured because of the arm bar. There is no there is no way he he. But but he's not trying to do anything to the arm. He just he just he just couldn't brace himself properly on the. That's because he went he went. Too hard into it, dude. He had no balance. That's my. That's the whole point of it. When he when he first grabs onto him, oh, when he grabs him, it's because he lost. Salah had already lost his legs. He had. He, there was nothing he could do to regain his balance. Ramos had. Ramos was on one leg. 
also yeah. understand, yeah. also understand that we're, what, what we're seeing at you know, the slow-mo, you were thinking it's taking like, remember this happened in like what, like 1.3 seconds? Yeah, exactly. So, so again, if he's, if he's some type of judo expert to be able to do all that stuff, but he didn't do anything. All the, all we're saying, uh, cheekies, is when he was going down, he, he 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 felt Salah's arm in there. He pinned it down. He said, "You're going to come down with me," and he turned his body. Whatever happened before that just doesn't matter. Oh no! What happened before that really does matter. Well, it, it sets up, yeah. But 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 at, but the, the play where Salah got injured was when he was when he fell, and he fell because Sergio Ramos pinned him and put, And again. You know, it's it's not a quote unquote league, but it's a it's a bush league play. But you know, it works for him. That's the kind of player he is. Yeah, I, t- I chalk it up to aggression. the The arm bar that he could like he could have really injured and hyperextended the right arm, but he he didn't turn his back to him. Whenever they fell, he turned towards the front. So that's being merciful. That's like letting letting loose of his his arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we're just gonna have to. Agree to disagree on this on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean you were talking about it. all the stuff that happened beforehand when, when they actually fall. The dude grabs his arm and Ben, ben pulls him down. Period. He was when the, when they were getting close to the ground. He he was he was bracing. He had no time to hold onto his arm. He was bracing for the fall. Well, he'd already pulled him down. The, the damage had already done. Uh, yeah, again, by, you're, by you're, time, again, you're you're looking at something that in slow mo where you think it's going to take however long. It takes it takes you know less than a half a second for him to do that. He had to brace himself too. At that so point, that, so that every man for himself. So he braces himself. That's when he, that's when he lets go. So that few milliseconds, Mo was holding onto his arm as well. So yes, that, that's, that's yes, but he, he again trapped, he trapped it himself. Cheekies, again, he pins his arm. And he pulls him. You can see the body. There's plenty of space. I don't see, see the it. Body. If he, he wanted to pin, his elbow would be touching his chest. There's no, there's no time in that instant instance. It doesn't need that problem. much time. There's no, there's no instance in that. It need in that, that much time. All he has to do is just give him a yank because he's already fallen down. There was no yank either. Okay. The only yank that could have been was when Mosala grabbed his arm and pulled it, and that was it. And then yeah. they were, then they were preparing for the fall. Dan, extending. Dan, help me out here. Don't you, don't tell me. Oh, did we lose Dan? We yeah, lost. Lost. We lost Dan. No. Well, I guess we're gonna agree to it. But I mean, I, I'm not saying it's an illegal play or anything like that. But but he definitely knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And 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 and, and to pretend otherwise is. We'll have to hypnotize him and find out, find out the inners of his mind. Yeah. So, that's what I mean. I mean, remember, remember a defender got. Uh, Got Zizou, you know, one of the greatest players of our generation, to headbutt him in a World Cup final. That's a that's a less um, skillful uh, technique, but yeah. <laughs> but 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 easily, you know, very effective as well. At least in that such equally effective. Yeah. Well. But, the, uh, but again, the good news about Mosala is that it looks like he's only going to be out for a couple of weeks, and he will be. Uh, uh, he'll he will definitely probably. Well, I don't know if he'll start against uh, against Uruguay, but I think he'll definitely play. He he will be in the uh, in the World Cup, and it knocked out Liverpool's best player, and they really didn't uh, uh, have that much, even though they did get an equalizing goal. It was just going to be a matter of time for for Oran to win that game. Goalie mistakes or not, so. Congratulations to them, and then Zizou gets to ride off into the sunset. Three-time winner of the Champions League. Not not a bad, uh, 
career for him as a coach. Gentlemen, we should probably wrap it up here. Joel, did you have any other uh, any other questions or comments before we wrap it up? No, I'm good. I'm good, John. Yeah. So no. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I had one last actually. Uh, I was not asked who yeah. who should come in. I did ask who should come in. You just didn't answer. No, no. You, you, I thought you asked Rigo. That's why. I, I asked. I asked all. Uh, that was a blanket Chivarmano question. It, it went into rinky dink. Calling who say rinky dink? But I would say Tena. I'll go for Tena. Which Olympic one? Olympic hero. Olympic hero. Gold medalist. Well, I thought, he, I thought he's like the GM of Querétaro right now. You could you could buy him out. Querétaro is good friends with. Um, well, actually, Querétaro is like Chivas Light. Well, his the president. I forget his name, but the president is the cousin of Yera. Oh, how convenient! And, yeah, it all comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> we and so, that's where they got Ordiales. They they got Ordiales. They got um. Jesus, this young player, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, oh, Orbelin. Orbelin. Yeah, Orbelin. That's where they, you know, got him at a bargain buy. Well, that's where they send so, all their Chivas on loan. It's, it's, the it's like, well. it's like Querétaro yeah. is, is, the, new is the Chivas. <laughs> well, or, the, the, you know, what they're, what, what Veracruz is the Club America. Yeah. Yeah, San Luis at one point. But, you know, I just think he's he's got experience coaching. He, you know, and with youth as well and in and, and the league. So, but, but I mean, if it's GM... Sometimes when when they become GM, when you know they're probably tired of the whole coaching hoopla. Yeah, how long is the, is is the Anda gonna last? Oh man, who knows? Who knows? Uh, the GM position at Chivas, it's there's been so many. It's, some of them last six ten, months. Some of them last a year. <laughs> it's very shaky. We've had a, a lot of GMs from Palencia. Um, Querétaro's current coach. Uh, the name skipped me right now, John. You know, uh, Paco Palencia you know, became, the, uh, Paco Palencia <laughs> became the uh, coach of uh, Lobos Buap. Lobos Buap, yeah. Go for yeah. a circle, huh? Because he, a... he was, the, he was um, with Rafa Puente. Him and Rafa Puente worked at Chivas at the same time. Uh, they weren't getting along, so it's but it's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be my first choice. You know, second choice probably de los Cobos. He just went to uh, El Salvador, if I'm not mistaken. I know that's kind of sad. You can't find, and I mean, you even have Galindo, but I know they're not going to give him a job. Um, is is, is Galindo a, a, a de la Torre who knows, too? Who knows? So He's were the de la Torres used like the house fray, the the the, the two towers as, as their as their <laughs> as their crest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, man. And so yeah, is, he is. Is, is Nestor or Chepo or Lord, Lord, Lord Walder then? No, it will be Nestor. Nestor? Nestor will be the one. But, yeah, man, we have – so it, it's looking like they're my, probably going for someone from abroad. But, I mean, if you're concentrating on youth because that's what you have, then at least get someone that's proven or that's that's done that before, you know. Don't just bring in a coach and then – Maybe they'll bring back uh, Hans Westerhoff. He's he, unfortunately, sadly, he's he's been kind of sick, and he just does consultation. 
So, I mean, I would bring him just to uh, set up the youth, you know, program. Just go go see what they're if they're still doing things the right way, you know, or the way they were before when when it was working, when the team was doing really good. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think he's he's he wants to coach. I mean, if he did, that would be that would be a brilliant move. And I I think there's he's uh, that was very popular with the fans. It was him. Didn't you get a chance to to visit with Hans once? I I did, John. It was at the Home Depot Center, now known as the Dick Sporting Goods, or what is it? What I is thought it, it was the StubHub Center. Yeah, the stuff. <laughs> the confuso, John. No, I I went, and so it was the first. It was going to be the first game of Chivas USA, and I went to pick up my press pass, and uh, on the way back. Was Hans the one in the in the in the window giving out the press passes? No, uh, I ran into the to the media guy, the, the you know the media chief, and he's like, "Hey man, the, the team's training in this field. If you want to go check it out," and I head on over there thinking there's gonna be all these reporters, and and no one was covering it, and so I I get there and I was a bit overwhelmed because the Chiva top brass at the moment they were all there, you know, it was Vergara, it was Juan Juan Jose Franchi. It was Ivar Cisniega, uh, it was, and it was Nestor and Hans. It was, you know, the whole group that was, that had came in, you know, to work to, when they had just taken over Chivas and, and then so they see, left. You saw uh, Nestor? Yeah, I saw all of them were just right there, man. I was like, you know, uh, but, but they all left. They, they were just talking to Hans and then they left. And Hans was by himself, and I was like, you know, I, I went just went up to him, asked him if we could talk, and he, we talked for like a good hour. Did you, uh, did you and Nestor uh, have a moment? No, no, no. I, I talked to Hans. Those, Why don't those talk to guys Hans? left. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Hans Westerhoff. He's. Did you learn anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did learn quite a few things, like you know, just philosophy that he had. Cause, cause they had, I had seen this one game where it was Chivas. I think they were playing San Luis. And it was the last game of the season and Chivas needed to win to qualify to Liguilla. And at this point they're losing 1-0 and they just had, I don't know if it was one or two players red carded. And, uh, he throws in this one player from the youth. I'm forgetting his name. God damn, I'm forgetting his name. He was, he was um he was unfortunate because this guy had uh Ajax had had invited him to give him a tryout and he broke his arm and then after that he never recovered. We never really heard from him again. I can't even I can't I'm forgetting his name. But he throws him in there and this guy goes on to give two assists and Chivas wins. So I was asking them like how do, how do you hype up a young player like that? Or what were you thinking, you know, the the Season, you know, the season could end now, and and you're throwing this guy. Uh, I was I was asking him if he, what he told the player, you know, if he motivated him, and he's he's looking at me like I'm dumb or something. And he's like, I don't have to tell him anything. He just has to do what he trains for every day. And I was like, oh, oh that's simple, <laughs> you know. Um, there you go. So I was just watching. They just had the uh, the clip where they announced uh, uh, Paco de Anda as the GM at, at Chivas. 
Yes. And the the body language from Almeida was is oh yeah <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I mean I'm, it's yeah. You it's, know, I got criticized for that, John. In big soccer, I gotta call those guys out. You know, they. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, I, I remember one time I did a thing uh, on on body language. I think Carlos Vela, like it is at the press conference, and they're asking him a question. This was like uh, during the whole thing. You could tell that there was obviously something something was going on in his life because he just did not want to be there, didn't want to talk, wouldn't look at the reporters. He just like look off into the distance and like, um, you know, just his his just totally you know turning his body away from the folks. I mean, just a classic, uh, body language trait. And again, yeah, the same thing. Hoy, it's like, oh, you know what you're talking about. You know, there's no such thing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can see the pictures where they're all smiling and and the that looks like. Yeah, he's just over his dog. And he's got his hands in his pockets. He's like, yes, you know. <laughs> and then you know when they, when when he sits down, everyone's at the table and they got their hands and they're, they're talking. And he's got his arms crossed and then he's not saying a word. Everyone is smiling, but him, yeah. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, he knew he wanted Galindo. He actually wanted to bring in Galindo uh, because I think Galindo's, I think Galindo's son is dating his daughter. Uh, something like that. So you wanted to keep it in the family. The future Yerno. No, yeah, but I think that's how he he met Galindo. You know, he got close to him. And it made good sense. You know, Galindo's a former Chiva, you know, coaching experience, everything. And that's that's who he wanted to work with. But when you see the Anda come in, then you know that. they were At that point, they were just, they were done working. They were done with Galindo's, um, not Galindo, Almeida's fast track pass was over. They had given him one after the league title. They they were basically like, whatever you want to be in charge of, you, you know, go ahead. It's all you. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, it just, it, it has to be so frustrating for a Chivas fan to to see decisions that are made, you know, and, and, then, the, and then the consequences of those decisions just over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know what, John? I, I mean, I don't think he was he was gonna do good. Uh, I know I know fans were hopeful, but he just wasn't. He wasn't happy at the team. He wasn't happy with with the, you know. No, I know I understand that whole. But what I'm saying is, you know, you know, after the championships, hey, you know, we wanna, you know, give him a little more control to see what else he can do. Yeah. Well, you know what? They lost a lot of money, not just on player transfers, but like. Selling to like Alanis, that's a good like eight million dollars that they lost. Just on Alanis leaving on a free transfer, that's anywhere from four to eight million on a potential um, World Cup player. Well, yeah, but but that's again, a- they they did that to themselves. I mean, like they did, the decisions they, did. they make is just, and again, you know, it just seems to me like when when you make things personal and you and you and you you use your feelings to make these because that's what it seems like is happening. Yeah. With, uh, with 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 the guy in charge, then with a lack of experience too, because he get a he get a, he's in financing. He doesn't come from a football background. That's where I felt that he made a mistake with the De La Torres. I mean, I think he should have he should have laid back, learned a thing or two, at least at least as far as like how things are how things are in like Liga MX, you know? Right. Because, like, you know, one thing we've seen with with Pelaez is just how, how quick he was able to build a squad at Cruz Azul. 
Like if you, if you know the right people and if you have the right contacts, you you put it together a team and and not break the bank. And and he, and uh, yeah, you get out was the opposite man. He was just twenty million, okay, eighteen million, fifteen. He was just right. He's like he Daniel just, like, taking the AC zone in a, 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 a fantasy team. Yeah, he's just he's yeah, he's, just, names. he's making it rain, you know, and and. Uh, and I think to have won, to have won the league, he thought like you know, it was justified. But he might not be able to do it again like that. And he could just keep spending and spending, and, and the club would just go into financial ruin. Well, isn't that kind of what, what's happening right now? <laughs> it is. I mean, they bought Gulick for about eight to ten million, and then sell him for two. Uh, well, I mean, that's what's going to happen with Pizarro and Pulido. I mean, they're going to, if they end up oh, selling yeah. them, they're going to be. Pizarro. So yeah, that's Pizarro. the thing, is, is, is it, that, that, that to me, I mean, the, you sell the players that you make. You don't sell the players that you buy, because you, you're never going to get the return on them. You just, it's just, it's not going to happen. Again, who makes these decisions for these guys? It's just. Yeah. I think that's a big reason they bought, they brought in the Anda, because, you know, they, Vergara figured that Higuera was in over his head. And Almeida, as, as popular as he is, he was just, he's still new, you know, um, to the league. How do Chivas fans put up with this stuff, man? It just, it's... They've been used to it, John, like, like you know. Yeah. It's been happening since the 70s. Your skin is tougher <laughs> than leather to have to be a Chivas fan. Now, I, I think that's just became acceptable. Like one league every ten years. Ah, so so you've normalized it. It yeah, it, it sadly it has been. Well, you know, as a Pumas fan, I'm not really one to talk, but uh, uh. Um, hopefully they'll uh, they will get their act together soon because uh, that's another club that just you know every decision they make seems to be the exact opposite of, 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 of what they what really needs to happen. Very bizarre. Chickies, I know we kind of, I was trying to wrap it up and <laughs> went off on a, on a 20 minute tangent. Good stuff. Good stuff. The, the, but Chickies, any, any, any last thoughts for you before we wrap it up? A little last call here, the Cantina Mekis podcast. No, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Just maybe, uh, I guess after the World Cup or in the future, we're going to have some, uh, Chicano talk. Oh, the, uh, Liga MX English. English language talk with some guests. So well, that will uh, that that'll be that that'll be great. We're looking forward to uh, to that. And then, you know, next week I guess is going to have to be our big uh, our big World Cup preview. I'm going to I'm going to break out the uh, predictions we made back in December. We'll uh, we'll get a you know we'll have to figure out a way to see how many how many changes we're allowed to make on our pay. I, I got I I I have to believe I don't think that uh, there'll be that many. Uh, that many changes, but we'll, we'll 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 break that out. We'll discuss that, and then uh, the following week, that Thursday, the World Cup will have started. Well, of course, with that with that with that huge that real crackerjack game between Russia and Saudi Arabia. You know, I always make you know the, the games that aren't necessarily the most attractive games, uh, as far as countries and this and that. Always end up being like the most entertaining games at the World Cup. I remember, uh, uh, I think it was. Uh, Tunisia, Saudi Arabia, and Germany in, in the Germany World Cup. And 
some uh, you know, there's no way I'm gonna watch that game. Why would I bother? Uh, some friends of mine had that attitude, and then I actually I watched the game, and it was outstanding. It was just end to end action. It was fun. It was great. It was a really really entertaining game. So hopefully the Russia Saudi Arabia game will be a very entertaining game that Thursday, and then that Friday uh, we get a a triple the usual first round triple header. But on that first Saturday of the World Cup, there's a there's a four banger. We get a we we get four games. We have soccer from at least for us in Central Time Zone from 5 a.m. all the way up to 3 p.m. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. And of course on Sunday, uh, Judgment Day for for Mexico in their in their game against against the Germans. So hopefully they can uh, hopefully they'll be able to minimize the damage there. Yes. Uh, Chicky, do we have anybody on our on our on our chat uh, heat up tonight? Uh, Sergio, Sergio was on. The goat main was on. Uh oh, were, were they as our our fellow Chivas fans? Are they okay? Are they are they uh, are they as pragmatic as our as our Chivas mano on the show? He wasn't. He wasn't having any episode or anything. So, all right, he seemed okay. <laughs> well, again, uh, for the Chivas manos, uh, big news today. But uh, hopefully, hopefully things will uh, will work out, or, or I guess as Jorge says, just understand that this is just how how things are with Chivas. And, you know, we move on. But we are very happy that you guys joined us here in the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, looking forward to our uh, our World Cup preview next week, and uh, we will uh, hopefully uh, figure out a way to uh, to get y'all's predictions. Uh, also, uh, we'll have to figure out a way to do that here at the Cantina Makers podcast, and hopefully we'll get some participation there. But uh, we appreciate y'all listening uh, here tonight. Uh, Joel, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, anytime, John. Always glad to be part of the show. Well, it's, uh, it, it's great to have you on, Chiquis. Uh, thanks again for, for, for helping out and doing everything for the show. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, before we go, Chiquis, I have to say that, uh, that your, your, your analysis, I know you're a, you're a, you're a jujitsu man and a judoka, but it was just wrong. It was just wrong. It was just wrong. Incredible. <laughs> well, uh, my name is John Jagu. Uh, we do appreciate y'all uh, joining us here in the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, for uh, Rigo Ayala, who called in, and Daniel Preciado, who joined us and uh, dropped off a little earlier. Appreciate them coming on. Appreciate you listening to us. You can listen to us live every Thursday here on our YouTube channel. And uh, then you can also download this in our previous editions of the podcast from the podcast center on iTunes. And this will be up uh, uh, usually by noon the next day. So we do appreciate y'all uh, listening to us and continued support. My name is John Jagu. We'll talk to you guys next week.